Ladies and gents, back at it again, episode 33, baby. Oh, baby. We here. Oh, I'm so happy to be back. Oh, we're back. (laughs) We are back. A bit of a layoff. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of a holiday layoff for the boys. You know, I mean, things happen, right? Yeah. Things happen. You gotta, you gotta, you know, dodge and weave with the punches. (coughs) Exactly. It's a busy time of year for everybody. Um, You know, lots going on. But goddamn, it feels good to have the, the band back together. Everybody's here. You know, Teddy, Gregordo, Marty Bathwater. On Triangle, Martin Prince. And with a flute up his nose, Ralph Wiggum. That's some nice floating, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the whole band is back together, baby. Oh, oh yeah. We got a good episode for you, too. We got some new segments coming in. We got... Uh, you know, a couple new things. We had to cut a couple things, right? Yeah, for sure. Just given the time of year, fantasy season has uh, come to an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, NFL regular season playoffs, or regular season's over. Playoffs are right around the corner. Uh, slew of Saturday games coming at us right away, and then a couple more on Sunday. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, this weekend, the AFC, both AFC games are on Saturday, and both NFC games are on Sunday, which hmm. is breaks tradition. Usually they mix it up. Yeah, they do. Have one-to-one. Yeah. So that's coming up. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Big time. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, hopefully get to watch a few of the games this weekend. Yeah, looking forward to them. But, uh, but yeah, got a good episode for you coming some the, in. Some of the games are uh, tricky. Like, I don't know who's going to come out of them, you know? Yeah, I mean... Houston-Buffalo is a tough one to pick. Houston-Buffalo, Seattle-Philly, um, even New Orleans-Minnesota. Yeah, I think New Orleans has a slight edge, but for sure. If if Minnie wants to start slinging it, they can start slinging it, too. And honestly, I think the Tennessee-New England matchup is closer than, than it appears. Yeah, I think New England's going to win, but... Uh, I don't I, think I, it'll be as no. easy as people think, though, no, I don't if think they so. do. Uh, I don't know. That New England offense hasn't looked... Quite as potent lately. They don't have anybody to throw it to. They've been relying a little bit more on gadget trick plays. So it's got the changing of the guard has to happen at some point. Some point, yeah. Maybe it's Saturday. Who knows? Maybe it's Saturday. Maybe Tannehill marches into Foxborough and gets (laughs) one, man. Just like we all thought would happen (laughs) in the off season. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh baby. Well, episode thirty-three of the BFB uh, brings a slew of different players. Gordo, who are you going with? Well, you know, unbeknownst to me, I'm supposed to look up players for this. Uh, no, I just figured you could pick one guy. <laughs> unbeknownst to you, we've been doing it all year. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're the most beknownst person about it. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I could think off the top of my head of somebody that has the number 33. A guy on your fantasy team. Tay got him for you. Um, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Okay. That's your guy. That's, that's who I'll have to go with. <laughs> I'm not a numbers guy like you are, Maddie. <clears throat> that's true. That's true. Well, for me, I went with um, Charles Peanut Tillman, uh, formerly of the Chicago Bears, uh, known for the peanut punch. Uh, I could have also gone with, and Gord could have also gone with, Jamal Adams, Ooh. Trey Boston, Roger Craig, Tony Dorsett, longtime Patriot Kevin Falk, Jabari Greer, uh, Chris Ivory, Young young stud in the game, Derwin James. Uh, carry on Johnson. Yeah, he is 33. Johnny's, Johnny's uh, boy, who basically won him the championship, Aaron Jones. Dion Lewis. 
Michael the Burner Turner, and then two guys very near and dear to my heart, Trent Richardson <laughs> and Kerwin Williams. $22, Kerwin <laughs> Williams. Oh, uh, Mickey I, I still remember that night. Driving yeah. home from hockey, man, I gotta put some money down on him. Oh you yeah, sed- man, you seduced me twenty some <laughs> bucks at least. <laughs> oh man, yeah, more than that, buddy, more than that. Well, you know what are friends for, Maddie? <coughs> exactly. Um, who's the sponsor this week? Well, we were kind of debating on who uh, we could reach out to and get a little bit of sponsorship from, but. This week, the sponsor is actually uh, another member of the BFB's item. Family. And really. it's uh, it's Andy Peterson's alarm clock. <laughs> yeah. Because we're so late on this <laughs> clock. <laughs> we missed it. Oh, yeah. We missed kickoff. Yeah. Oh, we missed kickoff. We missed the whole game. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this day. Oh, actually, boys, we had to push it back a couple days. Oh, it's oh. coming tomorrow. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> no, maybe not. Oops. So anyways, we're here and we're ready to roll. Oh yeah, back at it, back at it. Yeah. So without further ado, we're going to jump into the text and answer segment. The first sec uh, question comes in for me from Nigel, all the way in St. Louis. And he, has, he, has, he said this before everything went down, but his question was, who do you want to replace Freddie Kitchens? Mm. Um, <clears throat> and really... Here we go again. Like I, I, I want to. I'll answer the question, but I think I need to go on a bit of a Browns rant because the more things change, the more they stay the same. Two years into the Freddie Kitchens and John Dorsey re- regime, they're gone. Gonzo. They couldn't see eye to eye. Dorsey didn't want to accept another role within the organization because apparently he wasn't a very nice guy or good guy to work for. Uh, he said no, so he left as well. Freddie was put into a position that he clearly was not ready for, and he wooed his way into it, and it's because Baker liked him, and he had that short stint of success with Greg Williams as the interim head coach. Um, And yeah, here we are, back at it again. Dean Jimmy Haslam are looking for another coach, and again, they're doing the same things that they've done in the past years, where they interview 15 or 20 different guys try to get as much information from as many different people as they can and then pay, base their opinion on that Yeah. rather than having their go-to guy or forming their own fucking opinion. Because in the NFL, if you keep sourcing out and asking people how to run a properly uh, well-run NFL franchise, do you think the 31 other teams want to help you out? No. They're not going to give you the proper advice. They don't want to see you succeed because it'll come at the, the expense of their own team. So, like... How they haven't figured this out already I, I, is befuddling. It's it's aggravating. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know who I want to replace Freddie because honestly, when he got named the coach, I was for it. Yeah, I thought it was all right. Um, I thought Dorsey was good, man. Who got knows? Odell, he you got, know, like he did get him Odell. I mean, he, there is a lot to celebrate that he did get. Uh, he made a couple nice trades, that's for sure. But he also missed quite a bit in the draft. Yeah. A lot of the guys we took aren't even on the roster anymore, or they got traded away, or haven't panned out. And it's, or it's too early to say they're going to pan out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, it definitely. is what it is. So there's a whole slew of guys that have been <coughs> linked to the Browns. Uh, a couple veteran coaches, Jim Caldwell and Mike McCarthy. Um, 
and some up-and-coming guys. Greg Roman, the OC in Baltimore. Vikings OC, Kevin Stefanski. A couple college guys, Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley. And then a bunch of dudes from uh, San Francisco. Um, so, I don't know. I don't even know where my opinion lies in all of this. Because right now, as a fan, I have no faith no, in whatever tough. decision they make. It's going to end up fucking us up, fucking over. Like, it's something's going to happen. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> when you you're stuck in the merry-go-round of life, buddy. Uh, yeah, exactly. I feel like Kent Brockman. <laughs> like it's it's tough. It's uh, I think the one thing there the one thing that was always a struggle when Dorsey was the head guy was he did not see eye to eye with the analytics side of it, uh, which is run by Paul De Podesta, famous from uh, the movie Moneyball, the guy Ooh. that helped uh, the Oakland A's. He works for the Browns now. Um, does not live in Cleveland. He actually runs things from his home in uh, California. But they never saw eye to eye. So the, whoever De Podesta wanted to hire as coach, Dorsey had the complete opposite. Yeah. In fact, uh, two years ago, <coughs> De Podesta advocated to hire Stefanski away from the Vikings. Didn't happen. We took Freddie instead. And the rift was from there on. And you look at this season with the Browns, it was the first time in their history that they had a 1,000-yard uh, rusher and two 1,000-yard receivers in one season. Yeah. And they could only get six wins out of that. Hmm. Like I, I get, saw that stat, It's actually. ridiculous, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. And is it all on the coaches? No. Baker had a shit year. But at the same time, were the were the right plays being called? Yeah. No, were they utilizing them? You know, and all these things are coming out now that Freddie wasn't really uh, coaching to the players that he had. He had set plays in his mind, and he was going to run them regardless yeah, yeah, of yeah. how the game was going. <clears throat> the fact that our old offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, was telling other teams in warm-ups that we were a mess. Like, it's just dysfunction from, from tip Top to tail. Top to bottom, man. Yeah, Top it's, to bottom. it's ridiculous. So, I, I don't know what's going to happen in Cleveland. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know. It, but it's, tr- it's a trying time. Josh McDaniels is a name that keeps getting linked to it. I don't want to touch that guy with a 50-foot pole. After watching what he did to Indianapolis, yeah. lining up all of his assistants, and then two days after accepting it, saying, no, 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 I want to go back to New England. You know, Snake them. He snaked him. Dog Pound's looking more like an SPCA, buddy. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I can see, uh, like, I get what the Haslam's, they want to marry the GM and the head coach so they're they're on the same uh, page Page. from the Well, you kind of have to be. Exactly. But then reports come out that they want to hire their head coach first. It has to be. It has to happen at the same time with guys that are okay working with each other. So who knows? I have no idea where this is gonna. Yeah, it's, where this is gonna go. It's a muddy situation, buddy. It is. I. It, so answering Nigel's question, it's tough to say. I think a dark horse is offensive coordinator from Buffalo, Brian Dabble. He's he might be a good guy, and another guy who I think gets a little bit of maybe not the props that he deserves and has experience as a head coach is former Colts and Lions coach, Jim Caldwell. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing him. He got screwed over when he was in Indy. That's when uh, the whole Peyton Manning thing went down. And uh, you know, what are you going to do? 
Uh, you got a rookie coming in and Andrew Luck. He's not going to perform right away. Mm-hmm. And then when he went to the Detroit, he had a couple winning seasons with that franchise. And then had, I think in, in a season he went 9-7, and seven, he got canned. So, yeah, you know, he might be the best option. But really, is there a good option? I don't know. <laughs> I think you could have wrote it out one more year. At least with Freddie, yeah. I mean, no. I think the dysfunction was too much. It's so telling when it when uh, at the exit interviews at the end of the year, Jarvis Landry is coming out saying, "What's the one th- when when he was asked, what's the one thing you guys miss the most? Leadership. Leadership. Who provides that? Yeah, it comes from the coach. You're right. It has to be the coach. Uh, maybe he just wasn't as much of a player's guy as everybody said." Or maybe he was too much of a player's guy. I don't know. I think he was honestly put in over his head. Yeah. Throwing, he wasn't qualified to the walls. For it, so. Hmm. There we go. Well. We got any other cues this week or what? Couple. We got a couple. A little shy on the cues. That's a little okay. a little a little shy. Well, there's definitely one there's one question. And then there's one comment. What would you like first? We'll go with the comment. First. Okay. This comment comes from the Corona and Strathcona. <laughs> And I guess your phone must be broken because he's asking me to ask you a question. He just said, can you ask Gord on the pod when he's going to send me that $10 he owes me from the bet? He can e-transfer me at andrew.petters at, at gmail.com. You'll <laughs> um, get your money, buddy. Okay? <laughs> yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Oh, on the mini Giants game. Yeah, I did lose that 10 bucks. <laughs> you know what's funny is I actually have Andy's email and stuff already saved because I've already lost one bet <laughs> against him in our, our last transaction. So. <coughs> yeah, okay, Andy, I'll get you your 10 bucks. You can go have a pint. <laughs> Maybe get some beer cheese or something. But Maybe. Vancouver, right. you'll just get a pint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Maybe a SkyTrain ticket home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it'll, it's coming, okay? It's coming. Okay. All right. Next question comes in from a new listener. It's uh, He is the community league president for Rundle and Beverly, Ben Benson. <laughs> so he said, he writes in. He says, before I ask my question, I need to say a huge thank you to the artists formerly known as Huncho and Marty Bathwater. The podcast has done so much for our community, educating us in fantasy and bringing us closer together. The Drake Hotel and Bar can't stock enough Fanta and Rosé for the wonderful <laughs> Rundle Ramosas. Ian's No Frills has never been busier, especially in the dairy section. And Doris at the Crest is the happiest that I've ever seen her. In fact... Pet disappearances are at an all-time low, and I think this is because the Yeti and Black Bear are busy in their den tuned into the BFB. So, fellas, thank you. My question is this. If you were GM of a brand new NFL team, which five running backs would you be okay with starting your franchise around? Ben Benson, Community League President. (laughs) Ben Benson, man, he does a lot of good work. For the for the citizens of Rundle <laughs> yeah. and Beverly, um, you know, I think he actually floods the ice at Floden. Too, oh man. yeah, he's a he's a Swiss Army knife. That <laughs> yeah, guy, he runs everything. <laughs> Men shed on Tuesday night. Oh <laughs> man, the f- top five running backs 
are five I, running backs that you'd be okay with if you were starting a franchise right now. Right now. So take age into consideration, I guess? Yeah. I would go number one, <coughs> probably Saquon Barkley. Okay. Um, number two, Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Number three, this one's going to be a little bit off the board, but if you're starting the franchise, I'm going to go Josh Jacobs. Nice. And then, I mean, Dalvin Cook's in what, his third year? Third year. He did have a major injury, though. Major injury, but looked good this year. He did, yeah. I'd almost have to go Dalvin at fourth. Okay. And then probably Zeke's already in his, like, fourth year, right? Yeah. But... He's got some good years left in him. I'd go Zeke at fifth. Zeke. Yeah. All right. Um, for me, I would go Saquon. In no order, really. Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs as well. Mm. Stud rookie. Uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah. Oh, you know, I forgot about Nick Chubb. And it was a hard... The fifth pick came between two guys, Joe Mixon and Derrick Henry. And I think I'd go Derrick Henry. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a fucking workhorse, man. He's huge. Massive. Massive. And he's going to free agency this year. Yeah, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. And by all accounts, Tennessee has no interest, really, or has not shown an interest in re-signing him. Yeah. So, whew. Could be getting a game changer. Yeah, he's going to get paid for sure. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Yeah, Chubb is a good one too. A lot of young running backs out there, there that is. are worth it. You know, you there could is. you could think like even Marlon Mack to a certain extent. Like, there's a few. Yeah, Marlon Mack doesn't have that killer instinct, though. I don't think. Really? Yeah, I don't. He doesn't got that angry running style. Oh, I don't know, man. You know? I think you need to watch a little bit of tape. He <laughs> he's got some bite to him. That's for sure. He's a yards guy. Big yards guy. I'm a tutty guy. You know? Yeah, you are. Just like my beef with Julio Jones. <coughs> I love him. I know. He's coming up on later on the pod this weekend. Yeah. Right? You got any questions? You know, the Yeti's always got a few questions. <laughs> um, we were chatting again, and uh, the Yeti and, and the Blackberry, it's a little bit tough. At the, at the start of winter, you know, foraging sometimes doesn't go as well, you know, it was a wet summer, right? Um, you know, like you said, uh, stray or not stray, but domestic animal <laughs> losses are at an all time low. I think it's because they're, they're tired and, and they're, they're hungry. Been but, a long season. You know, when they hit their next coyote leg, I know they're just going to be settling in and <laughs> Burning the Wi-Fi off the <laughs> or the data off the joint iPad that they have. Yeah, exactly. But the Yeti wants to know, Maddie, what what you're looking forward to the most for next year, and and how you think you're going to maybe change your draft strategies a little bit to try and take the next level and, and get the, another win. Hmm. Very good question. What would I change? Well, I think I I still emphasize value on the running back position. That I don't think that that will change all that much. Um, so I'd still like to attack and address that position early in the draft. What I might do, uh, 
next year is maybe look at tight ends a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. But then again, if you don't get a guy that produces, you're going to be kicking yourself saying, I really wish I didn't waste a sixth or seventh round pick on a tight end. True. Um, yeah, hard to say. I mean... It's such a gamble anyway. It's such a gamble. And yeah. like... Even and you got to play your hand that you're dealt too, right? Yeah. Like you don't know who everybody else is going to pick. Yeah, big time. And like even guys that you think are going to break out or you think that are sure bets... I mean, Baker Mayfield, for example, this year, everybody's top five quarterback getting drafted, finished as probably the lowest five quarterback. Yeah, I would say he was in bottom 10 for sure. Absolutely. So it's, it's hard to say, like, do you address like what I think you got to read the draft at the same time. Like when are guys like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson getting taken off? They're getting taken. Man, I think Lamar Jackson's, he's going to go in the second round. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. For sure. The gap between his point production all season and yeah. the next guy, it's not huge. even close. Not it's even like close. 75 points or something like that. Yeah, it's massive. So it's it's hard to say. And then it, and then it comes down to like if those guys go, what quarterbacks are you okay waiting for? Uh, which ones do you think will get snagged early? Yeah, it's really tough. It's hard to say until you're actually in it. Like you can, yeah. you can prep as much as you want, and Lord knows I do. Uh, but once the draft starts is when you really know when everything's going down. So, yeah, uh, not a big math guy, but, uh, Lamar Jackson <laughs> was about 55 points high more than Christian McCaffrey. who was in second for total, for yeah. total points. Yeah. So you can't argue with that guy going in the second round. No, you can't, you. you can't argue. Yeah. So we'll see. I think, you, I think research will help, but. When it comes down to it, it, it's the day of. It is, you man. Gotta it's, roll. And you gotta, you gotta fucking go in there, guns a blazing, man. Yeah, that's true. Cooking some wings, writing down all the names <laughs> on the board. You know, you could delegate this year. You could easily delegate this year. You <laughs> wanted to write the names. Down. I don't mind writing the names. Yeah, but I didn't want to touch the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Shit. Well. Uh, are we ready to move along? Yeah, are we hitting the pass it around? Pass it around. Got a couple city lights. Ferda. Ferda. Compliments gotta, of Gord. Gotta bring something to the table. <laughs> Roll. Matt, Matty's been prepping for three days here because he's <laughs> off school. So yeah. I, you know, the kid, I was I was honestly like fucking drunk, hungover, drunk, hungover for the last like week straight, man. Yeah. Let's go to work. Oh. But fucking... city lights at night always make it a little better. Exactly. Gord, for the lack of preparation, I mean, he, he was busy. But for the lack of preparation, he showed up tonight well. Two two pre-rolls for the, a limited edition bottle of Crown. Oh, yeah. Real nice. Can't pour these ones as stiff, though. No, no, you can't. The maples you can pour nice and stiff. And look at the bottle. Yeah, too. the bottle is pristine. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Well, uh, let's start passing around with some great news for everybody in the league. Uh, Seattle fans, NFL fans, all around the world, rejoice! Money Lynch is back in Seattle. He is. Oh, baby. Beast mode, back where he belongs. Unfinished business. Man, if you just run through somebody's face, a lot of people ain't going to be able to take that over and 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 over again. They're just not going to want that. Think there's a deeper metaphor there? Run through a motherfucker's face. 
you don't have to worry about them no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. man, beast mode is hood. And he fucking leaped one over the over the pile for oh, yeah. Tony, man. That was good. Yeah. And if they had better uh, game clock management, he could have done it again for the yes. game winning score and the ti- and the NFC West title. Yeah, that was really that was what a play, what a yeah. play at the end of the game. Yeah. Like not to have that dialed in. Man, I I got his jersey sitting on ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. You've been waiting. Oh, I thought man. you were gonna roll in wearing it tonight. That would have been nice. Should have. Yeah, you should have. He's just a walking soundbite, man. I mean, I know I'm gonna get got, but I'm gonna get mine more than I get got though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get mine more than I get got though. <laughs> Welcome oh. back, 24. Welcome back, man. Welcome back. Well, the little big man, Fievel of the NFL. <laughs> Fievel goes west. Retired. Uh, yeah. Fievel went. Yeah, Fievel headed west. Fievel headed west after his <laughs> final down. Darren uh, Sproles, man, you know what? Had a great, great career. Yeah. 15 years in the league? 15 years in the league. Three Pro Bowls. Got to give them props for their due. Uh, five foot six, 187 pounds. Built like a fucking brick shit house, yeah. man. Crazy. And the craziest thing is he, he when he retired, he told a story about how at the Combine, when they announced his height and weight, he could hear the scouts laughing in the stands. Just shows you what heart and determination will do oh, for you. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl champ, baby. Yeah, that's right. Just wondering for old uh, Sproly, hey? In uh, Philly. In Philly, yeah, mm-hmm. I believe so. He didn't win one with New Orleans. I no. don't. I don't think at the time. <coughs> Probably the most. Well, you know what? Why don't we talk about it? Since we're talking about retired players. There's a there's a few players around the league that don't know where they stand with their current club, um, you know Eli Manning being one. You know the list goes on and on. Well, a few actually got quite emotional in their uh, end of the year press conferences when talking about uh, the season that they had. The first one being Philip Rivers. Uh, I think he knows the writings on the wall in LA, yeah. and that he's not going to be back. But you, we'll play the clip. You can tell how uh, how much it means to him. It's that I can I can say I gave it a, everything I had. I mean, every week, you know. So, you know, and, and maybe it means an interception on fourth and eighteen when you're down ten. Because I don't care uh, that it's going to say two interceptions. You know, I really don't. It's just like I ain't quitting. So I think that I think I think that that um, doing it with so many guys over you know fourteen years and and going to the locker room, win or lose, and I can say that gummit, we're short. We felt we fell short. But or we won, you know. Uh, but shoot, I, I couldn't try it any harder. Think it's that I can, yeah. I can say I, I love Phil, man. Where's the slinger? Hard on his sleeve, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Always talking. Great at chirps too. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Will he accept the role of not being a starter somewhere? I mean, could he still be a starter somewhere else? He probably could still be a starter. Look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. True. Yeah, that's right? true. Wouldn't you say Phil Rivers is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick? Uh, yeah, more consistent, I would say. Yeah, when Ryan Fitzpatrick's on, he's one of the best guys slinging it. 
he you know, does when, sling it. When, he, when he's on his game, he's top-notch. Seven different teams he's played for. But he's so sporadic. Yeah. That's the problem, yeah. right? Um, another player that got quite emotional was Damon Snacks Harrison, former Giant, mm-hmm. current Detroit Lion. And he was very frank when he was talking with reporters about his season and his <laughs> shortcomings and what he expects next. The hardest part about your decision, your emotions right now, just the realization that, you know, time catches up with everybody and then the game and you've loved and devoted so much of your life to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I, I've given everything I could give. Um, and nobody's more disappointed and, you know, and uh, nobody's more disappointed about this season and my performance than I am. I'm hard on myself, man. And, um... Like I said, I've, I've given everything to every team I played for, and uh, I don't, I don't feel bad if that's the decision. So I, I got a lot of thinking to do this off season. I'm gonna seek some different options and and try to figure it out. But if I can't be that guy that I want to be and that I know I can be, then I, I gotta hang it up because everybody deserves better. Tough to hear. Tough man. That is tough. tough. Well, that'd be hard when you've given your whole life to the game. Yeah, you, and then you gotta you know, hang him up. Hang him up, and then you're faced with question: What do I do now? Yeah. You know, a lot of these guys, I don't know if they've got fallback plans or like, you know. Yeah, hopefully they're good with their money. That's all. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. <coughs> well, I mean, when you mentioned Fievel earlier, I thought you were talking about, uh, at first, uh, coach of the New Jersey Jets, Adam Gase, because he kind of looks like Fievel. <laughs> he is a little mousy. Oh, and he's a fucking idiot, man. Yeah, he is. Okay. Adam Gase. Uh, this this was first uh, reported by Matt Miller at Bleacher Report. He said that one player told him that Adam Gase lost the respect of the locker room with his quote-unquote tough guy bullshit attitude and that teams uh, was lacking in a plan offensively um, and that guys were actually respecting Greg Williams more and nobody respected Gase in the room. Hmm. So this this was the first story that broke out. Then it came out that he was quoted as saying, I don't care. I'm rich as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) If he were to be let go as the Jets coach. (laughs) So there is another red flag. (laughs) And then on top of it, there was a burner account that was revealed on Twitter. It was the the handle was at Wyatt V18. And apparently... The original story was that the burner belonged to Adam Gase himself. <laughs> and the dots were all there. You can, every tweet that this account sent out never happened during uh, Jets practice times or game times. And Wyatt is the name of his son. Oh my God. <laughs> but the fuck thing is, this story wasn't close to being done. There are now reports that the burner account actually belongs to the New York Jets beat reporter. Manesh Mehta, who's running it and trying to pump Gase's tires in the community no and with way. the Jets fans. So now no one knows who runs this burner account. <laughs> it is fucked. And at their last press conference, they were t- the two of them were talking about Twitter. And Gase looked at Mehta and was like, I don't have a Twitter account. Do you? <laughs> like, and oh just left it like God. that. Who knows what the real story is? But hmm. it's fucked. Adam Gase is a weird guy. He sucks. He's awful, man. How did he get another job after Miami? Yeah, that's every guy performs way worse with Adam Gase as their coach. Mm -hmm. Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker, 
Robbie Anderson was nowhere to be seen this year. Lev Bell, three yards a carry. Yeah. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. Like, Sam Darnold, did he progress this year? No. You know? Quincy Anunwa, where did you go? (laughs) Oh, man. He's gone. (laughs) Where is he? I liked Quincy Anunwa. (coughs) I like him, too. Why why was he suddenly not good enough to play? I don't know. Yeah, like, he wasn't even a third stringer. No. He was a guy I was relying on last year. Big time. (laughs) Week by week. Yeah, man. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, well, I honestly, Gord, I think this is the story of the offseason. I find it the most interesting story in the NFL uh, as the teams prepare for what they're going to do for next year. And it's Jameis Winston. What do you do with Jameis (laughs) fucking Winston? You're the Tampa Bay Bucks. What are you doing with him? I don't know, man. That's tough when you have a guy that's that talented, but it's got such a big down downfall, like yeah. a flaw. You, <sighs> I don't know, man. You almost got to hope that it gets better, but it might not. But again, he led the league in passing yards. Yeah, over 5,000. The Third. only other QBs to toss for over 5,000, Peyton, Drew Brees has done it four times, Brady, Big Ben, Mahomes, Marino, and Stafford. Okay. He threw 33 touchdowns this year. I thought he had, I thought he threw 30 and he ran three in. Okay. He had 33 total touchdowns. 33 total touchdowns, yeah. And 30 interceptions. 30 30 club. I'm wondering if ESPN is going to do a 30 for 30 documentary on his 30 for 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, you have to. You have to. I don't know, man. I, I mean, maybe Jameis can, again, thrive in a different market. Like, who knows? Hard to say. He's a guy that you could buy low on, probably, though. No. He wants $30 million a year. Oh. That's the thing. He's hitting free agency. He wants $30 million a year. This is what his coach was quoted saying when asked if the Bucks could win with another quarterback. With another quarterback? Oh, yeah. If we can win with this one, we can definitely win with another one, too. <laughs> That doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement. No, it doesn't. Okay, and this this is such a fuck stat. If that last game was Jameis's last in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, he will have bookends to mark his Tampa Bay career. His first career pass was a pick six, and his last pass of this season was a pick six. The ultimate enigma. (laughs) Yeah, man. Like, what do you do with this guy? He's so brazen, too. Like, he's like, yeah, they're just picks. I'll clean them up and I'll be the greatest. I'll be the best. Like, he is so confident in himself. It's ridiculous. If he could clean them up, he would be good. He would be unreal. Maybe buy the guy some glasses. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that'll help. I don't know. Oh, man. I just find it so interesting. I cannot wait to see what happens in that whole in that whole situation this offseason. All right. What else we got for Passit? Um Well, were we gonna touch on Eli and Danny? Yeah, might as well. <laughs> you know, Eli finishes his career with a five hundred record. 117, 117. Yes. You know, and I'm happy that he got it, and it's not a losing one, at least, right? Right. It's the definition of mediocre. <laughs> average. Definition of average. Um, but, I mean, I think Danny's the guy, man. Like, yeah. 
He threw for 350 and five touchdowns, no interceptions last game. Yeah, he is the future. And the nice thing is Eli has been, by all accounts, amazing with him. Yeah. Those were the reports. And then we saw the video of them at the club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, playing some flip cup. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like the whitest, most quarterback <laughs> thing to do, to be playing flip club. Flip cup. <laughs> yeah. At the fucking bar. <laughs> Let me show you a game I used to play at Old Miss. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, did you see the um, last week when Golden Tate's touchdown? Did you see the celebration they had in the end zone? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Flip, flip club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it was pretty good. Fucking funny, man. Yeah. I think um, the team, uh, <coughs> the, uh, the Giants lost, right? Uh, to that, Philly. To yeah. that game to Philly in week 17, but in week 16 they lost to the no, the, they beat the they beat, they beat the Redskins. Yes, which might actually turn out to be more of a loss than a win in the long run. Yes, because true. it gave them the fourth overall pick instead of the second, mm-hmm. which would probably, on by all accounts, make them lose out on Chase Chase Young out of Ohio State defensive end. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll be gone. He'll be gone. But yeah. what I'm saying is, if they lost that game and got the second pick, they could have taken him. But instead, he's going to be a Redskin. Yeah, but I mean, they're not playing to lose. No team's really playing to lose. Right, but at that point in the year, what's the difference between a a four, a four and twelve record and a five and eleven record? Yeah, you know. I don't know. You're not going to tell a guy like Saquon Barkley to fucking not play, and he rushed for two tutties that game. True. Yeah. Yeah, they <laughs> right? are professionals. They're going to perform. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So. But I'm saying, in the long run, like, you could look back on it and be like, oh, we could have had Chase Young. Yeah. You know. But, who knows? Maybe they get a stud at four. Totally. Exactly. Okay. Um, That's, uh, last week marked the final game at the LA Coliseum before the Rams move into their new stadium next season. We definitely need to address that. And then, uh, quickly, Antonio Brown got a quick workout with the Saints. Yeah. Big whoop. Yes. Like it doesn't really even matter. Yeah. I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna play maybe ever again. No. I don't know. It's hard to say. He doesn't get it. He no. doesn't get it. The fact that he sends pictures of his contract on onto his Instagram, shows up with a camera crew at this workout. Yeah. You know, like and then there's the whole thing with the league. Like, is he even even eligible to play? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> there's a I lot don't... of dominoes that need to fall before he can get back into the into a jersey and onto the field. You know, it's and a then charade. Yeah. Well, this past Monday, this is our last point. Uh, was Black Monday known around the league mm-hmm. uh, for coaches that were either in the hot seat or let go. Um, so confirmed, we've got Pat Shermer gone in New York from the Giants. Uh, Freddie Kitchens and John Dorsey gone from Cleveland. Jason Garrett. Just tonight. Just tonight. Gonna, is gone from Dallas. And these ones are surprisingly safe, or at least ownership has come out and said they're safe. Dan Quinn in Atlanta. Matt Patricia in Detroit. Doug Marone in Jacksonville, which was a bit of a surprise. Adam Gase, somehow, in New Jersey. Keeping his job. Yeah. And uh, Anthony Lynn, I thought he might be one that yeah. would be looking at it with the Chargers. But, uh, yeah, I guess I guess they're safe. So, 
Rolling with sometimes you're better with the devil, you know. I guess. Well, eh? remain to be seen. Wash. Oh, we should also mention Washington did hire Ron Rivera. Yeah, as their I new think, head coach. Uh, I think that's a good good hire for those. guys. Yeah, honestly, if he hadn't been hired, that's who I would have liked the Browns to get. Mm-hmm. Um, Riverboat Ron heads to DC. Uh, did you see their introductory press conference today? No. Dan Snyder. Today, on January 2nd, started his press conference by wishing everybody a, a have, a, the, hoping everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to everyone on January 2nd. <laughs> so Maybe he's not a public speaker. Who knows? At least we're not Washington fans. Yeah, that's true. That's the biggest thing. That would thing. suck. But you know what? It's just, it's as, as much as we, as this goes along, it's, it's the same old song and dance. It is. With these with these franchises, they they seem to continue past behavior, and it's I don't know. It's frustrating with some. It's expected with others. Fritz just can't ever be quenched. Your your fantasies can't ever be quenched, can they? You freaking Fritz! What will you learn? What will you learn that your actions have consequences? <laughs> Where the fuck did you find that clip? Teddy, you fucking fiend. (laughs) Oh, shit. Well. Actions do have consequences. (coughs) They do have consequences. Um, Before we throw it to this week's guest, we thought we would end the fantasy season by having a little bit of an award show. Yeah, the the BFB Awards. The BFB Awards. The Beverly Fantasy Bulletin Awards. AKA the bullies. Uh, so we have. So we uh, narrowed it down to six different categories. And uh, without further ado, we're going to list off the winners and the five candidates in each category. All right. Well, should we start with the main, I would say the headliner? The headliner. Let's do it. The. The MVP, or do we save that for the last? Oh, let's keep it for last. Yeah, let's, let's keep, keep it, for, it last. for last. Okay, so I guess we'll, you know what we'll start with? Uh, breakout Fantasy Bully. Yes, the bully that goes to the Breakout Fantasy breakout Player fantasy of the Year. Breakout Fantasy Player of the Year. Um, <coughs> coming in fifth, we got Mr. DJ Chark. Had a great start. Um, reliable for fantasy owners. Yep. Number four, Darren Waller, tight end. Um, great fantasy year you know a reliable guy you could play him each week he'd burn you a couple times but for the tight end position i would say uh you know up there top three yep. this year yeah number three lamar jackson quarterback obviously um i don't know if anybody knew he was going to have the year he had no i don't think he could have predicted break. that and, and with lamar he he honestly could have fit into all f- like four out of the six categories oh, yeah, so yeah. we had to kind of spread it around um, yeah. So that's why he finished third. Yep. Uh, number two, Josh Allen. Really using his legs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, when they played Lamar Jackson, that was the most rushing combined by any two quarterbacks in any game ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and number one, our bully, breakout bully award winner Breakout is. bully award. Chris Godwin. Give yeah. it to him. Have um, to. You have to. He was, he was money all year. And it goes along with Jameis Winston too, right? Like, uh, but Chris Godwin, if you had him in your lineup, you could rely on him, and 
And he came through. Ferda? Yeah, big time. In our next category, we have the Comeback Fantasy Player of the Year, the Comeback Fantasy Bully. Our In fifth place, fifth voting was Cortland Sutton, uh, who kind of came off of a kind of a slow rookie year to come out, uh, show out a little bit Tough more Tough for rookies year. to have good first years, though. Big time. Uh, in fourth place, Jimmy Garoppolo, who came mm-hmm. back after a, after a tough injury. In third place, dug himself out of a fantasy graveyard in Miami, Ryan Tannehill, who resurrected his career, quite frankly. He was left for dead. We saw him play live. Saw him play live. In second was Dalvin Cook, coming oh, off a tough injury. Solid, solid year for the boy. But in first place, the winner of the comeback fantasy bully is... Devontae Parker in Miami. Yeah. And he's a comeback player from four years <laughs> of mediocrity. <laughs> yeah. And never living up to expectations. But he finally put it all together. Yeah, he had uh, he had a good year. He had quite, quite the year. Really, really nice uh, season for Devontae Parker. He's got to give props where they're due. Five years in the making. He finally did it. He earned that contract in Miami. Congratulations. Yeah, give it to him. Bully Award winner, Devontae Parker. All right. Uh, next award we got was uh, the best value bully. Yes. And, and this is guys who went late in the draft and, and really pulled through for the boys. Uh, at five, we've got Mark Andrews, drafted in, I believe, the 11th round. Yeah, somewhere um, around there for sure. Chris Godwin, I think in the 8th, right? Yeah. DJ yeah. Moore at number three. Great all-year reliable guy you could just plug and just leave him in your starting lineup. Uh Wide receiver, two all year. Yes. Yeah. Um, number two, Lamar Jackson, drafted late in many rounds, you know, round nine, eight, eight, nine, around there. Um, and number one, Austin Eckler, because he was drafted late. Late. And Especially with the flux of... Uh, of Gordon. Gordon not being Gordon there. Gordon went well before him. But... Uh, <laughs> He pulled through fucking huge all year. All year. All he, year. He made it clear to the Chargers that they can let Gordon walk, and they don't have any worries no, they at got, all. No, they're good. Flipping the script a little bit, we're going to look at the letdown of the year in fantasy. And the letdown were, bully. The letdown bully. And uh, <coughs> this one, there were a lot of candidates. In fifth place, we've got Baker Mayfield, drafted as a top-five quarterback, finished in the lower half. Four, we've got Joe Mixon. Strong end of the year, but a very, very, very tough beginning. Stuck in Andy Dalton's basement. David Johnson, the complete opposite, comes in third. He had a nice start to the year, and really, where'd you go for the last little bit? Totally irrelevant. Milk curtain. In second is Odell Beckham Jr. Easily taken at the bottom of first rounds, or the high pick in the second round. Let down owners across the land. But... Not as bad as our first place winner. The letdown bully of the year for the BFB is Alvin Kamara. Ooh. And he did not. He was getting drafted third overall. Oh, he's some second overall. You know, and you know? guys that took him uh, and missed out on McCaffrey. Whew, pissed. Yeah, big time. Huge. Big time. Well, Comes up for the young youngsters, the young bucks, and then uh, <clears throat> rookie of the year, bully. Mm-hmm. At number five, we got my boy, Danny Dimes. Um, obviously, the Giants had their struggles; they didn't win many games, but he 
you know, quietly had a pretty good year, and, and the last two games he played were unreal. Ferda. Yeah. Um, threw for 350, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, that's that's a good game. Yeah. In your rookie season. For you sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he had a lot of nice... He had a lot of big games, actually, throughout his rookie year. He's got the weapons, and they got to let Saquon get the touches, man. And then that team will succeed. Yeah. You have to. Um, number four, Terry McLaurin. Great start to the year. He was a guy, Scary Terry, grabbed him off the wire. Guys were plugging him in. Uh, tailed off a little bit near the end, but he was good for the Rook. Number three, Miles Sanders. Really turned it on at the end of the year. Yeah, and, really strong uh, end of the year. You know, helping helping fantasy owners out that wrote him out throughout the season. Number two, A.J. Brown. Over 1,000 yards. Disappointed in himself. Yeah, I can do more. Yeah, said he can do more. Um, and when <coughs> Tannehill came in, he was really, uh, he was lighting it up. But yeah. Tannehill was throwing the ball way better than Mariota anyway. Yeah, can you imagine a full season of A.J. Brown and Tannehill? Yeah, so I like that connection. Uh, number one, we got the running back in Oakland, Josh Jacobs. Had a great year for fantasy owners. Got hurt at the end, and it's tough because he goes into, you know, championship weekends for the boys. Yeah. Um, down, but... Uh, Great year all around. Honorable mention to Kyler Murray, who had a, a decent uh, rookie QB year, too. Yeah, for sure. And our final uh, bully award is our MVP of the fantasy season. In fifth place, Russell Wilson came in. Strong season for the Ocean Birds. Uh, kind of tailed off a little bit, uh, fluxed a little bit. So that's what got him his, his f- fifth ranking. In fourth, we have Dak Prescott, a bit of a surprise. But his numbers were better than Russ's when it came to fantasy. In third, Jameis Winston, yeah. the enigma himself. In second, the only non-quarterback on the list, Christian McCaffrey, who had an unreal oh. season. 1,000 <clears throat> yards receiving, 1,000 yards rushing. Absolutely dominant season. But in first place, to no one's surprise, Gotta the MVP give it to him. bully of the season, Lamar Jackson, quarterback, yeah. Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely. Had to. Unreal year for the guy. Yeah. Uh, most fantasy points by 50. Yeah. So. He earned it. That's for sure. Well, what are we hitting? Light it up listener lounge? Yeah, we're going to toss it over to our interview with our guest. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, we we were wanting to get this guy on for a while. Well, we had to. Had to. Had to wait it out. Had to do it. Okay. So. Listen up. We'll uh, see you in a bit. Let's go. Ho! Making his second appearance in the on the podcast, connecting with us on the Light It Up Hotline is the Valley View Vice, aka Shaft, aka Daryl's right hand man, aka Brat Brat, aka Ray, aka the N40L champion and the Triple F champion, Johnny Schmiller. Woo! Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, boys, what's up? <laughs> Don't get too pumped. Oh, Johnny's demeanor is what's best about him, though. That's how he, he's, a, he's a champion, man. Yeah, exactly. He's a champion. Yeah, see how pumped I am right now, you know? Yeah. 
if this is you after two championships, boy, <laughs> look out. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Well, good to have you on, buddy. Yeah, yeah, likewise. A little bit of a, uh, not too late of a start, actually, 9 o'clock. That's, well, no, pre, that's, the pre-record. That's not bad. I'm sure the kid's already tucked away in bed and you're ready to go. Yeah, the good thing yeah, I like about... No uh, slurred words yet. What's that? No slurred words yet. No, no. That's what no. I was going to say. If we have the pre-record, the interview is always good, but the pod is a little bit sloppier. <laughs> yeah. And keep this part tight and tidy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, baby. Well, well, should we jump into her? Yeah, we can jump into it right now. Uh, without further ado, we got we to gotta get into it. It's been an amazing year for you, Johnny. I am the champion, John. Oh, you and Homer, buddy. <laughs> Before we get into talking about your amazing run of dominance in fantasy this year, we got to talk to you about your fins. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, it's well known you're a Miami Dolphins guy. You bleed that orange and aqua. Truly live that laid-back Miami lifestyle. Really personify everything it is to become a Dolphins fan. The Finns went into this year with extremely low expectations. Uh, basically, ownership sent off all their best players to other teams. Add in the fact that they had first-year head coach Brian Flores. Really, the, sta- the, the, uh, the odds were stacked against them. But, surprisingly, the Fish were able to put together five wins this year. Pretty respectable given the circumstances. So, Johnny, what would you like to see this franchise do going forward, and who would you like them to pick with the fifth overall pick in uh, this year's draft? I would have liked them to lose a bit more, but (laughs) I'm also thankful that I picked up Fitzpatrick on the wire. He kind of brought me through to the end. Yeah, he did. You got chirped for that pick. hate it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. People didn't understand it, but I guess now they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, with the draft, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard because we're going fifth now. So, I don't even know what we need everything, but where do you start, right? You get a quarterback, and then you have no offensive line. You get a running back, and you have no offensive line to protect them. What do you do? Do you show up your defense? I don't know. They looked pretty good. Yeah. So You don't think they go for a QB, though? I'm thinking their first pick, it would be nice if somehow that uh, Okuda landed there. Yeah. Would he pick them up? I'm thinking Detroit might pick them up, though. But Yeah, in the, in the third spot, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Okuda is uh he's uh, Jeff Okuda. He's this cornerback from Ohio State. Yeah, he's being compared to like Stephon Gilmore, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, a really highly touted guy. Um, but don't you don't you think like if the Finns hung on to Fitzy for another season? Yeah. Don't you think that would afford them like the chance to draft a quarterback like maybe Tua, even though he's going to be hurt well, for the entire year? I'm thinking if somehow he's available at their next pick whatever that is 18 or something yeah that they go for him there Hmm. because like you said Fitzpatrick can play another year and you got Rosen or whatever but I don't 
don't know. Do you waste the top five on him? He's had a couple big injuries already. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If he can bounce back and be the guy that everybody touted him to be, then yeah, yeah I think it's totally worth it. I feel like, yeah, I, I don't think he'll go top five. Hmm. So you want to see them go address the D if they're not going to touch the quarterback? I would I would just, you know, take that guy because he could be a stud defensive player. And I don't know what you're going to get with two out or there's no real high-ranking running backs, right? No, no. No, not in the top five. You're not going to take a running back in that. No. There's definitely uh, running backs that will go in the first round, but just not that high up, I don't think. Yeah. And then I feel like with their third pick, maybe take a big offensive lineman. Yeah. Yeah, trying to get a little protection. But, I mean, at that point of the draft, what are you really going to get? How many how many picks do they have? They got three in the first round. <laughs> five, five, 18, and 25. Better make yeah. them count. Yeah, well, uh, one from... Uh, one from the Minko trade. Yeah. And then who, yeah. where did they get the other one from? Uh, was it the Stills trade? Who? Kenny Stills? Stills? Oh, maybe Kenny maybe Stills or... Oh, Tunsil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they traded Laramie yeah, Tunsil yeah, yeah. to Houston. Yeah, that's totally what it was. Yeah. yeah so. huh. well, I'm, I don't I'm know. Thinking if they, I, I just think Tua is going to fall, fall down, so... I don't know if he goes that far. I yeah. don't think many people are very high on him with the, with the injuries he's had. Yeah, it's hard to say where he stands with uh, other franchises and stuff like that. And, I mean, maybe if they wanted to, they could package their two later first-rounders to slide up yeah. earlier yeah, in the first to round in the to, yeah. to grab them, yeah. right? I, I can see them doing a trade. Yeah. But I don't know if they're going to trade up above number five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Like I don't. They package five and eighteen for something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I would. I wouldn't do maybe that one. Maybe three. Sure. Yeah. Well, who knows? If they like Akuda enough, maybe they could take him there. Um, but it's hard because you don't know what the other teams are thinking right now. It's kind of a kind of a. I don't know. Crap. <laughs> really stands out in the draft. Yeah. True. And I mean, like this is all provided to actually declares for the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he's uh, saying. Uh, I think he's coming out on the sixth and saying what his intentions are for next year. So yeah. hard to say. So who who's the next quarterback then? Herbert. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably Herbert from Oregon. He's he's yeah. looking like a, a like a high one, or maybe they like a guy like Jake Fromm out of Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, who would go later in the first round. Uh, yeah, maybe. But yeah, uh, Burroughs will be gone for sure. So. But if you're going, like I always feel, if you're going late in the first round with a guy like that, then, I don't know, you shore up your offensive line and then second round, third round, find a quarterback that you're just taking a chance on anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little bit more comparable. Yeah, that's for sure. Hmm. <coughs> well, uh, Johnny, before we, before we move on to our next question, I want to just share something with the listeners when I was doing a little bit of the uh, my Dolphins research today. Um, and I know that the, Dol- the Dolphins have their traditional Miami Dolphins fight song, uh, but I was fortunate enough to stumble upon uh, an updated version that the team actually commissioned, and it's T-Pain singing it. So have a listen. Wow. 
Yeah, it's it's something special. We won't play it all. We'll play a little snippet. fired up oh yeah shit oh well you know johnny um big big year for you you know um achieved massive success both pools um obviously winning both you know the listeners need to know like what uh what was your strategy this year like the the 2014 magazine really pulled through um you know what was your route to uh, to two fantasy championships? Wins? That's hard, crazy. Hard to get one. Hard to, to get, get one two in the same year. In the same year. Bravo, bravo. Yeah. I was thinking you were going to talk about this, <laughs> and I honestly can't tell you what I did at the draft because I feel like people will do it next year, right? <laughs> so, well, but I think a big key to my success was. Uh, looking ahead a couple weeks on the waiver wire and really focusing on matchups. Yeah. On the guys that you pick up on the waiver and kind of stashing where you can. True. Hmm. You know, like that, uh, I had Dalton and Fitzpatrick sitting on my bench for, for the last few weeks and, and I mean, their matchups were just juicy for quarterbacks, so. Yeah. And they worked out. And it came through, yeah. It came through yeah. the clutch. Yeah. Well, I did do a little bit of a deep dive on your draft uh, yeah. in the 40. And uh, for those that are curious, you went three running backs in the first three rounds. You took Zeke, Aaron Jones, and Devonta Freeman. And then yeah. in the fourth, took a tight end and uh, Zach Ertz. Yeah. And then from there, you followed up with three straight wide, receive, wide receivers. Mike Will, Jarvis Landry, and D.D. Westbrook. And didn't touch the quarterback till the eighth round when you took Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, and he was my worst. Like, he was nothing to me. I dropped him after two weeks, and I went, like, going into the draft, I just figured a quarterback really holds no true value to me because of what you can find on the waiver. Hey, Unless you- you're getting Mahomes. Did you find it frustrating having to having to do that cyclical week by week uh, quarterback waiver wire move? Well, I guess that's where the big money is made, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mind that strategy, my friend. I mean, I live and die by that wire. And Other, yeah, others may find it tiresome and boring, but I mean. Champions got to do what the others don't want to do. Oh, well, true, true words have never been spoken. My well, friend. yeah, and we, we have to we have to also mention that in the fourteenth round you were able to snag that Patriots D. Yes, which oh, single handedly yeah, won you some matchups. A few weeks for sure they did, and I had no idea. But again, defense here. You're just going with the flow with that pick, and when you get in the late rounds, anyway. Yeah. yeah. 
It was um, it was pretty impressive what what you did at the end. So you you didn't make a single trade at all this year. No. You led the N forty. Tried to. Tried to. Yeah, you were you were you had a few fish uh, fish hooks in the in the water. That's for sure. Um, yeah. You did make the most moves in the N forty this year with really thirty six. Yeah. Um, he spent all of his all of okay. his FAAB money. <laughs> Um, but this is the most uh, impressive stat, I think. In your last ten games, you won nine of them. Yeah. En route to your title. Yeah, I really picked it up then. Yeah. It was a tough start. I uh, had to play Pecky in one of the first couple weeks. I think the first week, and he, the last two years, he rolled me at the start. And it just, <laughs> you know, you always wonder what you're actually doing with you. <laughs> you get smoked. Yeah, <laughs> week one. Yeah, two times, two or three times the amount of points that you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> Tell me about it, buddy. That was my whole end of my season. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh well. Well, impressive. Okay, Johnny. It's town time. The fans and the league members have been waiting patiently and with great anticipation. Johnny, are you able yeah. to share with the fans? What the punishments will be for the N40L and the Triple F Fantasy Leagues this year? Yeah, I've, I've actually, it's hard to think of these, and I've, I think I've figured one out for Gore. Peyton's was pretty easy. <laughs> okay, who do you want to start with? I'll start with Peyton's, I guess. Yeah, let's make Gord wait a little bit more. Oh, he is yeah. stressed right now. <laughs> I think for Peyton, we'll make him get a decal. That is his favorite hashtag on Instagram. <laughs> He's used this many times. And that's how he lives his life. <laughs> Which is? going to say, hashtag throttle therapy. <laughs> and he'll have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll go on his back window. Okay. No damage to his truck, you know. No, 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 no. And yeah, just roll around with it till next year's draft. <laughs> All right. And how big are we talking? Oh, like you know, just those. I don't know, maybe like a three-incher, two and a half inches. Okay, so like where a where, modest, yeah, where modest where some therapy. cars put their pictures of their stick people family. <laughs> Peyton, yeah, yeah, Peyton yeah. instead will have yeah, hashtag throttle therapy. Whatever they have, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, There's one. And then Gord's, you know, I was humming and hawing about this one for a while. And I thought maybe he'd help me out a bit in the money collection, but he did kind of minimal for the other draft. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I kind of talked around the idea of maybe making him, I don't know, shave his legs at the beginning of June, beginning of July, and beginning of August, <laughs> all summer months, a couple other things. I thought maybe, you know, that lemonade stand that he really liked. <laughs> but I feel like maybe I got one. Hopefully I don't offend anybody. I don't think it's bad, but Maybe one or two guys might take offense to this, but I don't know what to do. You don't know? If they do. Okay. But 
I think I'm not sure if Gord knows how to play the guitar. See? <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know somebody who's got a guitar, right? Yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. I think for we're gonna send you out in my Miami Dolphins uniform <laughs> with a guitar and White Ab, Jasper Ab, or any. <laughs> LRT station of your choice <laughs> and you're gonna have to just sing Old Town Road for a couple hours <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you can stop if you make a hundred bucks or you just go for two hours <laughs> I have to busk? <laughs> <laughs> well you don't have to do it for money you can do it for just fun. Oh, God. <laughs> In a Kiko Alonso. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Any thoughts on show? <laughs> oh, man. I mean... You just that one song over and over and over again. Okay, okay. I think I, I can... one of your faves, though. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you should know all the words. I probably do know all the words. It's the whole instrument thing that makes the guy a little bit nervous about. Like, do I... Oh, my God. Okay, okay. I can, uh... I can live with that. Can I wait till the springtime? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No need to do it in minor affairs. You could do it whatever. Probably a weekend for the best. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll pick the prime time, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't pick ten o'clock yeah, on a Wednesday. You want, you want nice weather? Yeah, for sure. Well, are the boys going to come out and like watch? Yeah, yeah, I'll come and watch. I'll film. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Hmm. I think that's going to be a lot fucking harder than. Uh, it appears to me now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when I actually have to, like, stand there by chapters and, like, <laughs> try it. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Should I bring, you know what I'll do? I'll bring Mila or Rosie and tie them to the chair. That'll give me extra points for sure, man. Yeah, and you can make a sign. Exp- can he make a sign explaining why he's doing it? He can, but. I mean, I feel like it's better if there's no sign. <laughs> like, he's just randomly doing it. <laughs> just a big um, music guy. Okay, okay. I'm in. I'm All in. right. I feel like it's not that bad. No, but I... Man, for a guy who, like, I don't... I've picked up a guitar once. Yeah, sure. well, I know. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, okay, and I can't bring like my own band or nothing. I got it. It's just a one man deal. <laughs> this is a solo show. Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I can't wait. I'll have to. Uh... And you only have to memorize one song, so that's not so bad. Yeah, who knows? Maybe I might hit you guys with a couple different ones. Not allowed. <laughs> not allowed. Well, the punishment is just one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, okay, well, 
Good thing the song has like 50 words total. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Oh, oh man. shit. Okay. Different octaves. Yeah. Bad. Okay, well, it is decided. It is decided. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm definitely like happy about the punishment. You know, I think it's a doable thing and I think it meets punishment criteria. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not totally devastating to one's mental psyche. No. Not outright, like, embarrassing. No. Like, it has to be a little bit embarrassing. Yeah. And you can get it over with in one day. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a quick, quick show. Uh, quick show for the fans, man. People need it. Nice day. Yeah. The people need to see you out there. Do I have to wear, like... Nice day out. Over a beer after. Do I have to wear like overalls and like a <laughs> cowboy hat with the jersey or what we yeah. No outfit of your choice. Okay, just the jersey. Yeah, yeah, just the jersey. And okay. a bolo tie. <laughs> How can you wear a bolo tie with a jersey? It'll be a choker. <laughs> oh man. Okay, well, thanks, Johnny. I mean, I'll uh I'll get it done. I'll Can't wait. It done. Can't wait. Gregordo! Gregordo. Thanks for accepting it. No problem. No. Well, what was I going to do? Say no? I mean, as much as I griped about everything, I I, I still would have done it, you know. But, True. oh well. Okay, Johnny, changing gears here. Changing gears. Okay. Yeah. Literally, figuratively, but, uh, you know, like like your buddy Bacon, sled season's upon you. Um, how, many, how many trips the boys got planned out? How many times is Bacon going to call well, Shotgun and sleep through the whole drive? I don't know. At the beginning of the year, I mean, his knee was a little testy. Oh. The old guys had a little loose knee. But we went on this Christmas trip, and he ordered himself a brace, and it seemed to hold up well. So he oh. may have a few more trips in him. Oh, nice. nice. Well, I don't good. know. Maybe two or three. Two or three? You know, we'll try to try to uh, make him around the flyer schedule. <laughs> Is uh, Appreciate it. Stewie, Stewie ever going to get out there with the sled or what? I mean, he hasn't came yet this year. And judging by what's upcoming in his life, I don't think he'll make it out. No. Year. Yeah. No. I should just <laughs> fucking rent that sled off, Stewie. <laughs> you should just, yeah. It's just a low rental rate. So at least get Maybe he's got like a rent to own option or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, something for the kids' college fund. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would you spend most of your time digging Gord out if you went? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty funny. I'd do that. I don't know if Peyton would help. He usually sits and watches. <laughs> I'll get you out, buddy. I'm an obscure sport athlete. Man. You've seen me on a jet ski. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah, true. better than Matt. <laughs> oh god, yeah. I, fuck jet skis, man. So hard. I would never. I would. I'll never learn how to do that. It's not that hard. It was tough. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck. Well, shit, champ. That's about it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having, uh, or thanks for coming on. Yeah, congratulations yeah, yeah, yeah. again. Oh, well, thanks a lot. It's a tough, tough run, but somebody has to do it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. yeah. Okay, Johnny, well, peace out, brother. Hopefully Will has a good sleep, and uh, we'll give you a show a little later. We'll yeah. see you hockey on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sunday, and, and then I 
hoping you got some cash for me there, Maddie. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about this before Johnny goes. So <laughs> Johnny is upset with the guys in the Triple F because only like three guys have paid him. My thing is, it is so bush league to have a to have a draft <laughs> that doesn't collect the money by week one, which Commissioner Gregordo chose not to do. So now he told the winner, "Hey, congrats on your win. You have to go collect from everybody in the league. Have fun." So now Johnny's all over everybody's ass, and he's real testy. I'll pay you. I'll pay you. Don't worry. But I think your negative attention should be directed to the guy to my left and not the 15 dudes or the 11 other guys in the league. Hey, like you said, he's in another league that does it. It's not hard, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah with, with way more technology. money. <laughs> Jeez. You know, you could send it over at the click of a button. I know, but I, my point is you shouldn't have been put in this situation about hounding guys for money. I don't know. I just well, think you want to win. You want to win. Yeah. Oh, fuck. oh man. Speaking of that, uh, on uh, what was it? The last weekend of football, it was just real stressful. You know, I was at the lake, and Peyton would come by, and he was just like, I was just pacing around the cabin. Yeah. Watching these games, and I thought that the Flyers League was a hundred bucks a team, so I was a little trapped when it was only fifty bucks. <laughs> Fucking right. Yeah, well, buddy, don't worry. You won the other pool. Your your pockets are already stacked. Yeah, padded. Walking around, money. Yeah, buddy. exactly. But that was close. That that Monday night, Aaron Jones came through. Yeah, Aaron Jones had a massive week for you. That was huge. Real close, all the way down to the end. Oh, anyway, <coughs> no more stress. Yeah. Well, maybe you can get your commissioner to help you out there, bud. We'll see. Yeah. And hopefully some of that money goes back towards for the boys, you know? Yeah. A few yeah. cases of beer here and there, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Depends when I get it. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Okay. Shit. Johnny, well, we'll, uh, we'll cut you off there and say good night, <laughs> I guess, eh? Oh, that's funny. Can't wait out by chapters. <laughs> like in hand. Oh, can't oh, wait. Okay, tight, okay. buddy. We'll talk to you later. Peace. All <laughs> a new musical edition for the boys, baby. Nice. <laughs> oh, Matt asked me what that cartoon band was. <laughs> and Gordon's like Prozac. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought was, I thought, you know, I was I was a big Prozac guy. <laughs> <coughs> Who wasn't? Oh man. Well, are we hitting? Uh, Matt and I had a little debate over whose feel good it was because. Maddie said it was Marty's, and then I guessed who the guy was, so then I said, could it be Gordy's? <laughs> and now it's Gordy's. Now it's Gordy's. <laughs> Gregordy's feel-good moment. And uh, we're talking about our boy Raheem Mostert, who guys were adding at the end of the year and was delivering. 
Big time. Ferda um, was cut by six teams before getting his shot in the NFL. Now he's taking command, obviously, of a, a dominant NFC West backfield. Big time. Um, at 14, the Florida na- native was offered a pro surfing and skateboarding contract. Turned it down because he was determined to become his family's first college graduate. Just like Kellen Chilobeck. <laughs> God. <laughs> I think the Chilobeck parents have graduated college. But... Oh, I meant more of the skateboarding part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, a three-star running back, he chose Purdue. He saw 43 carries over his first three years combined, yeah. but flashed special teams, um, you know, as a return man. Yeah. F- interesting stat. In his senior season, he had 529 rushing yards, but in his entire four years as a Boilermaker, he had 759 rushing yards in four years. Yeah. Crazy. That's it. <laughs> Um, basically a kick returner. Basically a kick returner, but he played track, right? Mm-hmm. So, kid was fast. Ran track, yeah. Graduated in, yeah, I guess, ran track. Can't play played track. track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah, you know, I was never track. <laughs> nah, 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 <laughs> never exactly. track guy, yeah. obviously. And you were a shot putter, if anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or the one with the... The cable and the ball. Oh, the hammer throw? Yeah, what, what the hell? The hammer that throw. One, that one's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, you could whip that whip thing it. around. Like the javelin. Yeah, it's spear chucking. It's crazy. To be an Olympic javelin person? Yeah. Or pole vault? Javelinist? Javeliner? <laughs> Javelin. <laughs> oh, man. Javelin player. Yes, javelin player. Um, but no, Raheem went undrafted. What picked up and cut by six, six different teams. teams, and finally landed in uh, San Fran. Um, <coughs> popped up as a ball carry seven seven point seven yards per carry on thirty four carries. Um, give it to the man. Yeah, it's just wild. It's crazy. He had to like not only did he play, did he get signed and cut by six teams. He got to San Fran and he was on the uh, practice squad for the longest time until week nine last year, where he got to play against Oakland, scored his first career rushing touchdown on a 52-yard run, and in the same game, fractured his arm, like a horrific oh, yeah, fracture. Like yeah, real bad. Ending his season, put him on IR, but even that didn't stop him. And the 49ers still believed him and they signed him, uh, him to a three-year contract from there. And man, it's crazy. This year, he ranked number two in yards per carry in the entire league and was the number one overall running back for yards per carry with six. Hmm. Um, He's a top rusher on a team that had Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, the bread man, Matt Breida. Like, it's just, it's crazy that that he did what he did. Yeah, if he had a bigger sample size, he could have been in the bully consideration too. It's true, yeah. If he would have held up. Yeah, yeah. That's, if he was getting the starts at the start of the year, yeah. you know. But it all goes to show what a little bit of heart, dedication, and a little bit of dreaming does. Have you ever guys. had a dream that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. Oh, shit. What do you think that kid's talking about? 
having a dream and never giving up. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Jesus. <coughs> oh, love it. Okay. Well, um, we were going to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and I know it's close to your heart, even though you don't admit it. It's uniforms. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about something. All right. Jersey swaps. Lay it on me. Lay Jersey it on. swaps. Oh, I, you know what? Did you read this? Players got to pay 500 bucks yes. for a jersey swap. Crazy. So, NFL players have picked up this tradition, which started with international soccer. Um, so, after games, if you're not aware, players sign and exchange your jersey as a sign of respect. So, the gentlemanly ritual is believed to have begun in 1931 when France beat England in a, in a footy match. For the first time, the French players were so ecstatic that they asked the English players if they could have their jerseys as keepsakes, and the English obliged. It was not until 1954 that exchanges took place at a World Cup event, according to FIFA, but one of the more memorable moments um, was one that didn't take place was when one team refused. I think it was Argentina. It was like, fuck no, we're not giving you our jerseys. So, anyways, it caught on in the NFL. Now it came out that it costs the guys $500 at minimum to do this. <laughs> so when you see videos, like there was a, there was a video, uh, I think, two, three weeks Ooh. ago uh, with Baltimore and uh, the Jets. And Lamar gave three jerseys away. Yeah. $1,500, bucks, boom, out of his pocket. Why does you know? it cost him so much money? Because I think that, you know, the, the jerseys are very specific in terms of, like, all the stitching and how they mm. fit. They're fit to the player's body. So a lot of the alterations, they cost money, right? And the team can't just l watch that walk out the door. I guess, yeah. You know? So, anyways. Just adds another layer of respect to the whole exchange. I wonder if they had pockets in them. <clears throat> well, maybe. Depends what team you're playing. <laughs> if it's Baltimore, then probably, yeah. Um... Elsewhere in uniform news, we need to talk about the changes that are coming in 2020. It is 2020. So guess what? The Los Angeles Rams, you get a new uniform. <laughs> it coincides with their move to their new stadium in Inglewood. Rams COO Kevin Demoff came out and said the goal is a modern take on our historical jerseys. So this kind of leads you on one path, but might be another one. Because they've really focused on blue and white since they moved to Los Angeles. So maybe this continues with the redesign. But the traditional Rams uniforms are yellow and royal blue. I like them. Which I like too. And that's where the traditionalists want to see the uniform go. Hmm. Luckily, they aren't the only team changing them in 2020. My Cleveland Browns, with the motto, nothing fancy, guiding their principal to their new uniforms. I am so, so hopeful that it's a return to the traditional unis uh, that they wore prior to the, this radical redesign, but it has been confirmed that no new colors will be introduced and the traditional orange helmet with the Oreo stripe will remain unchanged. Thank goodness. These are long overdue. I'm tired of reading browns on the pants. Put a stripe there. Let's get back to basic. Let's go. We used to have one of the best jerseys in the league and then we went to the worst. You don't you know? like the Color Rush jerseys? Color Rush are nice. Keep them as alternates. But let's yeah. go to the traditional way. But sad news also came out this week in uniforms. As the Denver Broncos 
and their team president, Joe Ellis, who is acting owner in lieu of Pat Boland's death, came out and said, nothing's going to change. That's something we won't do, Ellis said during the end of the season press conference when asked if the Broncos would go full-time to their color rush and throwback D logo. Mm. Not willing to do it. He said, if Brittany Bolin or some other owner comes in here, you can ask them that question. But no, that'll be a one-off for a throwback logo once a year, if you will, moving forward. Hmm. And that's the way it was left. So, a little promise in a couple franchises. Tough to see the Broncos get stuck in the 90s, you know, with those old flaming horse heads. But... (coughs) It is what it is. You know what to do. Good, look good, play good, play good, pay good, pay good, live good, live good. You know, eat good, die good. You know. Oh man, I was reading this quote from Dion. It was like, "Hair look, her curl look wet, but they dry," or something like <laughs> that. Like, oh man, the old Jerry curl. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby. Well, are we hitting our new segment? Well, maybe before we hit the new segment, do you want to do a traditional segment? Sure. You got it? Do you, do you have one for this week? We toyed around with this um, a little bit in terms of if we could actually do it, but can't leave it out. No, you can't leave it out. Simply for the song alone. <laughs> Last night took a hell, but tonight I bounce back. Wake up every morning, by the night I count stacks. Knew that ass was real when I hit it, bounce back. You ain't getting checks. Last night took a hell, but tonight I bounce back. Oh, baby. Gotta do it. The bounce back boy. Who is it, baby? Maddie and I debated on this one for a bit this week. Because, uh,. As the season goes on, sometimes some of the segments are a little tough, right? Yeah. One would say, cut them, keep the pod short. <laughs> not us. Okay? No, not us. We like to keep it tight, but sometimes not. Yeah, I mean, yet. you know. The Bounce Back Boy this week is the pod itself. <laughs> because we're taking a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, we right? took three weeks off. <laughs> took three weeks off. Now we bounce it back. <coughs> But then we're taking like another three yeah. or four weeks off. <laughs> yeah. And then we're really bouncing back. Yeah, our end of the year show. For the final the, year yeah. final year show. Um it's been a great ride. For sure. You know? Yep. Um a lot of time, effort, a few bottles of burbs, <laughs> a few couple yeah. beers. Um, but, uh, well worth it. Well worth it. So. That's true. Yeah, no, it's been an awesome ride for sure. Looking forward to the end of the year one. It's going to be nice to kind of let the, uh, let the playoffs work themselves out mm-hmm. and then reconvene after the Super Bowl, after the league has a new champion, um, and kind of put a bow on, uh, what a, what a great season it's been. Yeah. Yet again. It went by fast. Yeah. I mean, like the stories this year wrote themselves. Yeah, like, man, it was Looking good. at... Johnny winning two leagues that we both that we talk about on this show. Yeah, that is uh, quite the feat. Yeah, Gord taking on his kryptonite 
in the in the Gregor Bowl, like after last season making it to the finals, like these things just don't happen. Yeah, it's just crazy. Don't. So it's yeah, it's been quite a quite a fantastic year too. It has been. It's been good. Yeah. It's been good. Cool. Well, we are moving into a new segment. We introduced it last week. Um and hopefully everybody enjoyed it. But this week, uh, we're going to do it again because it's, it's, it's worth it and it's going to be fantasy relevant in just a few short months. We are jumping into Puff Puff Prospects. Mm. New little saggy for the boys. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like it. This week, we, we had two little separate Puff Puff Prospects segments. Yeah. Um, I went with a little Gordy's 2020 mock draft. Yeah, for for teams that uh, that are in the top ten, um, didn't dive too too deep, but uh, just quick quick notes, you know. Yeah, prepared two pages. Top ten, wow, I dig it. Top ten, um, number one, <coughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're obviously going to take uh, Joe Burrow from LSU. Yeah, quarterback. Um, I mean, yeah, I just hope he doesn't end up in all the Andy Dalton's basement too. <laughs> Might get locked down there, right? That's the Cincinnati death hole. Um, Tua was kind of the consensus number one going into the year. Yeah. But obviously injury uh, troubles. And and you can't deny Joe Joe Burrow's numbers. He's baller. He's big. He's 6'4". He's 216. Um, completion percentage 77.6. 5,208 yards. 55 tutties. 29 sacks. Yeah. Um, and you, you can't deny those numbers. It's been unreal. Yeah. It's been unreal. Ohio kid. Ohio kid. Uh, actually got a scholarship originally to Ohio State, but saw that there was no chance of him starting there, so he went to LSU. Yeah. Uh, the head coach there, Ed Orgeron, said, we will give you a shot, and he was true to his word. And if you have not, if you have not heard Ed Orgeron talk... Look him up on YouTube. The guy has the lowest, gruffest voice, and it's always been like that, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. And he always ends his interviews with, Go Tigers! <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Oh. Well, number two spot. Yeah. Um, the Redskins have it. And I think you you obviously got to take Chase Young at number two. Chase Young. He's absolute. He's a monster. He's a monster. He's a baller. Um, if since he didn't need a quarterback could you almost not see chase young going yeah. first he would be in the top uh talk for the first overall pick absolutely for sure. absolutely he's been compared to a mix of Jadavian Clowney and miles garrett yeah he's just he's he's dominant if you've seen any ohio state games this year he changes everything on defense exactly he's a monster yeah double team him it didn't matter no it didn't matter yeah um 2019, 46 total tackles, 36 solo, 14 assisted, 16 and a half sacks for the kid. Fucking right. Uh, number three, Detroit Lions, defensive tackle Derek Brown. Yeah. Um, needs to, you know, help bolster their front seven, get a little more pressure on other opposing quarterbacks. Um, he had 55 total tackles this year, 33 solo, 22 assisted, four sacks. Two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. So yeah. he's getting turnovers for the boys too. And uh, I think it's going to help that defense. Because, I mean, if you can uh, attack a little sooner, then it eases up on your second yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. 
Number four, New York Giants, um, Ohio State, Jeff Okuda. Yeah. Cornerback, uh, baby. Cornerback. Um, like I said in when we were talking to Johnny, uh, getting compared to Stephon Gilmore and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. And they can pair him with DeAndre Baker, and hopefully Baker kind of works out the rookie mistakes that he had this year. You know, getting thrown into a starting cornerback role in the NFL is not easy. No, it isn't easy. And you're playing against the other opposing team's best receivers. Yeah. All all night. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so hopefully that can Yeah, uh, if you can get can a, work out. If you can get a tandem that can grow together and figure out the league together and then they can kind of switch off. They're not always having to play that stud wide receiver. Yeah, they can exactly. play off of each other, right? Yeah. That would be a deadly duo if yeah. that actually happened. He just declared for the draft. Yeah, for sure. Um he finished the season with 35 tackles, uh 29 solos, 6 assisted. Two forced fumbles and three interceptions. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that'd be a good pairing. Big time. Number five. This one, a little bit off the board. I don't know. But I think Miami would still draft Tua at fifth. Yeah. I, I think that. I think they can definitely do that. I can see the Finns go in that direction. Absolutely. Because you're right, they could play Fitzpatrick for another year. Exactly. Or you just say, okay, to your fans again, we'll try our best. We're still going to be in this rebuild mode. We'll let Fitz go. We'll let Josh Rosen take the reins for a year. Mm-hmm. And then by that time, Tua's recovered. He's, yeah, he's exactly. not injured anymore. But you're banking that Tua can get back to the same form. Yeah, it's it's hoping on a little bit of a prayer. Yeah. Um. But... Yeah, no, I don't know. I think that's going to be the top five for sure. Yeah. Uh, just going to run through six through ten here just quickly. Um, Chargers have number six. I think they're going to go with Andrew Thomas uh, out of Georgia. Offensive tackle. Pay, or Phil was getting beat up this year. Yeah, yeah. And he was taking hits. You need you need a little more protection. I don't know if Phil's going to be there, um, but I think they're going to grab him at sixth. Panthers get uh, seventh. I'm thinking they might draft a QB. Really? I'm thinking Justin Hebert at number seven. Okay. Um, out of Oregon. Because they were bouncing around QBs at the end of this year to see what they had. And they obviously were happy with... Uh... Fuck. <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Panthers. Oh, the Panthers. Oh, yeah, the Will Panthers Greer? Have... Yeah, Will Greer. Or Kyle, Kyle Allen. Allen. Kyle Allen. <laughs> Oh, and Fuck. Panthers. I thought that I was reading Packers. No. <laughs> Panthers aren't. Packers aren't. <laughs> Packers, seven. yeah, they ain't taking that. Come on. Yeah, you know what? That would, yeah, yeah, that's a definite fit. Right? For sure. Because I don't think they, they trust what they got in those two yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, if they do that <coughs> Cam walk, then, then what? Yeah. Well, number, they could, yeah, for sure. Number eight, Cards. Um, I think they're going to go with that wide receiver out of Alabama, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. Yeah. Absolute Judy. stud. And, you know, who knows if Fitz is going to play, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. They don't know if he's going to retire or not. But, uh, yeah, Jerry Judy would be an amazing pick for the Cardinals. Who's up? Number nine, Jags. Fuck, I can't even read my own writing. Mackay Bo- Mackay Becton. Yeah, Mackay Becton, offensive tackle out of Louisville. Don't know much about him, but <laughs> I just figured guys are needing protection. 
Um, and number 10, the Browns. I wanted you to, <coughs> to answer this one. Yeah. Who do I think? Yeah. I think they got to go offensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, offensive lineman. I think if uh, I want Thomas from Georgia, if he's, if he's gone, uh, there's a guy in Alabama, I believe, Jedrick Wills, uh, who I'd like to see them take. But it, really, any offensive tackle that they deem worthy of a top 10 pick needs to come in right away and solidify the left side yeah. of that line. That's what he needs to do. So whoever can do that the best, take that guy. But they need to address the O-line. Mm-hmm. That's I the agree. spot where they need to go. Sick. Yeah. Gordy's Top Mock. 10. Gordy's Mock. Gordy's Mock. I dig it. Well, I, you know what would be interesting is to revisit, to keep that mock and see how accurate you were. You know, I'll, I'll keep it the in line. the drawer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll file it with the rest of my papers. <laughs> Shit. Okay, well, for me and Puff Puff Prospects this week... I chose to focus on the wide receivers. Last week, I talked about the running backs. This week, it's wide receivers. Before I get into it, the Fred Bolitnikoff Award winner that goes to the best college wide receiver went to Jamar Chase from LSU this year. He beat out uh, fellow wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. at USC and C.D. Lamb in Oklahoma. The thing is, Chase is ineligible for the draft until 2022. So he won it early on. Now, we need to talk about this before I talk about the top five wide receivers this year in the draft. This class is being heralded as one of the best in a while. The 2014 class is often heralded as the deepest in modern history. Not only were there five wide receivers taken in the first round, Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., Brandon Cooks, and Kelvin Benjamin, but the subsequent rounds also saw... Jarvis Landry, round two, Devontae Adams, round two, Allen Robinson, round two, John Brown, round, round three, Martavis Bryant, round four, and Quincy Enumwa in round six. And even Willie Sneed went undrafted, and they all became very good producers at their position. This 2020 class might be better than that. Hmm. So let's dive in. At number one, Gord mentioned him. Jerry Judy from Alabama. He is projected to go in the top 10 of the first round. His pro comparison is Odell Beckham Jr. He actually won the Blitnikov Award in 2018. In the best receiver, in a, is, he's easily the best receiver in a loaded class. He's got the goods when it comes to route running, agility, burst out of his breaks, and huge plays. He's a natural, true number one wide receiver. He is that through and through. At two, we have C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. His pro comparison is DeAndre Hopkins, and he's projected to go in the top 15 picks of the first round. He won't blow you away with his catches-per-game production, but what he does as a physical route runner and awesome playmaker with the ball in his hands is eye-opening. He doesn't have huge size. He's only 6'2", 189 pounds, and he won't blow you away with his 40 speed, but he is just a great football player through and through. At number three, Henry Ruggs III from Alabama. Pro comparison, Tyreek Hill. He's also projected to go in the top 15. He has legendary speed. Not elite, not generational, not really good. Legendary. Unlike John Ross or Corey Coleman before him, Ruggs isn't just a speed guy, though. He can run diverse routes, show body control, footwork, 
and the little nuances needed setting up defenders to use his speed to get open. He is a legit top 15 prospect. The best way to explain uh, how he can be used in the NFL is Tyreek Hill. But he's a more developed route runner than Hill was when he came out in 2016. It's just crazy what this guy can do. If the right offensive coordinator gets their hands on him, look out. Hmm. Sorry, the voice is a little hoarse. (laughs) Gotta keep it lubed. At four, we have T. Higgins from Clemson. Best NFL comparison to him, body type, he's like an A.J. Green. Player type, he's like a Tyler Boyd. They value teams will value his six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pound pro style frame. He's definitely the guy. He's got natural hands, very good route runner, very fast off the line, and he's got the size to beat players uh, on the defensive side of the ball, no problem. At five, best name in the receiver group, Lavisca Chenote Jr. from Colorado. And when you think of LaVisca Chenault Jr., you can think about Percy Harvin. (laughs) He will probably go in the first round, maybe the second round. Uh, He should be drafted with the idea that you can use him as a mismatch every week. Smart coordinators will attack the defense with Chenault on jet sweeps, designed runs, quick hitters over the middle, fades down the field, all that good stuff. Quick slants. You just use the guy's special abilities. Other receivers that I won't get into to keep an eye on, Devonta Smith, our third receiver from Alabama, Jalen Rieger from TCU, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, who made an amazing catch in their bowl game this past week, Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State, Chubba Hubbard's place, mm-hmm. and Justin Jefferson from LSU, who set records in the college football playoff semifinals earlier this week. Justin De- Jefferson was the first receiver to have four receiving touchdowns in a game, and he did it in the first half. Yeah, it was wild. He had 227 receiving yards. And in that game, Joe Burrow, Gord talked about him, he was responsible for eight touchdowns total. He had seven of them were passing touchdowns. He had 403 passing yards by half, and he had 515 total yards. Just wild. LSU put up 49 points at half, by halftime and had the most points in a bowl game in history at 63. The team finished with 692 offensive total offensive Wild. yards. Just insane. It was an absolute clinic. It was what a bowl game to watch. They take on Clemson in the College Bowl finals. It's going to be tight. It's going to be interesting. And those were the puff puff prospects. Puff puff prospects, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, jumping into no frills, no namer. We're hitting the namer. We're hitting the namer. <clears throat> I swung by no frills today. <laughs> the needed, deals needed to pick up a couple things, man. I couldn't believe how fucking cheap it was. A dollar for the bottle of mix for Maddie and I to have a couple burbs on the on the pod. Exactly. A couple. A dollar. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> but the no frills, no namer. This one, it's a little bit of a. A little bit of an off guy. Maddie also had a no frills, no namer this week too. Yeah. Um, but I went with a different guy. I'm going with Kadri Allison. What? <laughs> Quadri Allison? Pardon? <laughs> a quadre? 
<laughs> Quadre, whoo. Running back on Atlanta. You okay. faltered a tutty last week away from Devonta Freeman owners. You know, tough one, Ferda. Yeah. But he's going to be the no frills, no name of the week. A dismal 6.3 points on one carry, three yards, one tight. <laughs> and he's the no-namer. Who? you got to tell me one more time. What's his name? Quadri Allison. Wait a minute. Who are you? <laughs> oh, my God. Quadri Allison. 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 With an O. With an O. Well, my no frills, no namer. You cannot do this segment. And I cannot let the spirit of this segment and the spirit of the pod go down. I had to pick a tight end. You had to. I had to. And I'm going back to week 16. Hale Hentges. <laughs> tight end, Washington Redskins. He had two catches for 28 yards and one touchdown. His first career touchdown Undrafted out of Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Hail Hankies. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Dawson Knox are hanging out. <coughs> oh, fuck. Oh, man. No frills, no namer. Namer. You know, this one's going to go a little bit longer than what, we're, what we've been putting out normally, I think, pod-wise. But you know what? It's one of the last ones of the year. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, well, last week's was 225. Oh yeah, for sure. Like well, that. not last week's, two weeks ago, and that's the, what the point I'm getting to is. We're about to jump into dank stats, and please keep in mind that I've got two weeks worth of numbers to toss your way. So, with that in mind, let's get yeah. into it. Tyler Higby is the fourth tight end in NFL history with four consecutive 100-yard receiving games, joining Travis Kelsey, Tony Gonzalez, and Jimmy Graham. The Packers. Led for zero seconds against the Lions this season and won both games. Okay, <laughs> Carson Wentz is the first quarterback to throw 4,000 yards without a single wide receiver hitting 500. Along the way this season, Wentz lost his wide receiver 1, wide receiver 2, wide receiver 3, tight end 1, RB1, and RB2. He finished the season with... Um, a quarterback with with a college football quarterback as his wide receiver one and a five foot six sixth round running back as his RB one. Crazy. Yeah. He just puts up numbers, doesn't matter. Derek Carr has fifty-five losses, which is the second most ever for a quarterback in his first six seasons, behind only his brother, David Carr. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a tough stat to swallow right yeah. there. The Carr family Christmas oh, was not so a happy weird. one. <laughs> Zach Ertz passed uh, Cowboys Jason Witten, who had 523 for the most receptions by a tight end in their first seven seasons in the NFL. Adrian Peterson's rushing touchdown in Week 16 was the 111th of his career. He passed Walter Payton for fourth most all time. Two Sundays ago, Alvin Kamara scored his first touchdown since week three. That nine-game drought was the longest of his career. It was also Kamara's first touchdown this season when he and Drew Brees were on the field together. (sighs) Wild. Oh, my God. Naheem 
Hines became the first player in Colts history with multiple punt return touchdowns in a single game. The most recent player to have multiple punt, punt returns in a game was Darius Renault in 2012. Hmm. The Colts are the only team to start the same five offensive linemen in every game this season. Really? Not only is it hard to find consistent offensive linemen, but it, because it takes a demanding physical toll, but it also is hard to find five that are good enough to block. Yeah. Gotta give that talented group some love. Danny Dimes! Oh, my boy. Join Fran Tarkenton and Deshaun Watson as the only first-year players in NFL history with three games of four-plus passing touchdowns. Really? Pretty impressive. And people were doubting, man. Yeah. People were doubting. Well, quarterback out of Duke. Where's the faith, right? (laughs) Yeah, man. And look at him now. Look at me now. (laughs) Look at me now. David Blah. (laughs) <laughs> David Blow? Blow. Blow. He's the first Lions quarterback to catch a touchdown since November 4th, 1984, when a guy named Gary Danielson caught one against the Eagles. <laughs> he is a quarterback, apparently. Ryan Fitzpatrick became the first quarterback in NFL history to throw four touchdowns in a single game for five different franchises. <laughs> When asked about it, he said, I guess it's going to be tough to catch me. I'll try to keep going. (laughs) Since Fitzpatrick took over the Dolphins' starting job in Week 7, the only wide receiver who scored more fantasy points than Devontae Parker was Michael Thomas. Really? In fact, Stephon Gilmore gave up 119 yards on seven catches to Parker in Week 17. In three years with the Pats, he allowed seven catches one time and never gave up 100 yards. And Parker busted it on him. Hmm. Crazy. Okay, Christian McCaffrey came in a loss, but he made some history. He became the first running back in NFL history with hundred reception, with multiple 100 reception seasons. Humana, humana. <laughs> first Panthers player. Uh, regardless of position, with multiple 100, 100 reception seasons. Team single game record with 15 receptions. Most receptions through their first three years. Number one is Michael Thomas with 321. Number two is Christian McCaffrey at 296. <laughs> the guy's a running back. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. In third, OBJ, 288. Jarvis Landry, 288. AJ Green, 260. What? Christian McCaffrey joined Marshall Falk and Roger Craig as the only players in NFL history with 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards in the same season. Miles Sanders has become the fifth rookie since 2000 with 500-plus rush yards and 500-plus receiving yards in a season. He joins the likes of Reggie Bush, Gio Bernard, Alvin Kamara, and Saquon Barkley. Lamar cannot do dank without Lamar. Has now thrown 36 touchdowns. Uh, more touchdowns in a single season than any other Heisman Trophy winner. Cam Newton, Carson Palmer had 35. <clears throat> Got to give the guy some love. Possible uh, nominee for Defensive Player of the Year, Chandler Jones. Yeah, he's been having a hell of a year. Third player in NFL history to record multiple games with four sacks in a single season. He joins Reggie White and Carl Mecklenburg as the only ones to do that. His four, as four sacks and two forced fumbles um, two Sundays ago placed him in rare company this season. 
He joins Robert Mathis as the only players ever to record at least 19 sacks and eight forced fumbles in a single season. His career sacks are, sorry, in, he has 49 sacks over the last three years, 17 in 2017, uh, 13 in 18, and 19 in 19. That is the most by any player over a three-year span since J.J. Watt had 48.5 from 2013 to 2015. And in those years, Watt was named Defensive Player of the Year twice for the NFC. Chandler Jones is only 29. He moved into a tie for 41st place on the all-time sack list. He needs 41.5 sacks to move into the top 10. He's had five straight seasons of 11 sacks, and he hasn't missed a game since 2015. We could be talking by the end of this guy's career as a top five pass rusher all time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, here's maybe my favorite stat that I dug up. David Johnson averaged 20.2 fantasy points in weeks one to six. He scored 20.2 fantasy points in week seven to 16. (laughs) What? Insane. The same. He averaged 20.2 per game in weeks one to six and got 20.2 total in weeks seven to 16. Oh, man. Fullback. Chargers. Okay, they were so close to achieving this. Uh, They were so close to becoming the first team since the 08 Cardinals to have three players gain 1,000 yards receiving. It would have been the sixth time it happened in NFL history. Their final numbers, Keenan Allen had 1,117. Mike Williams had 1,001. Austin Eckler had 993. No way. Seven yards short of that record. Crazy. While playing with three different quarterbacks this year, Kenny Galladay led the NFL in touchdowns with 11, uh, receiving touchdowns with 11, is third in yards per catch at 18, and posted his second straight 1,000-yard season. Another dominant year for a guy. Yeah, he's good. He's a great, great, great player. Oh, well, offensive lineman. (laughs) Ty Sambrello. Scored a 35-yard touchdown in Week 17. Big man. That was the longest tight end, uh, longest touchdown reception by an offensive lineman since 1950. <laughs> 35 yards. Big he man, rumbling. Big man, don't rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, he was rumble. Young man, rumble. Um, Alandon Roberts joins Mike Vrabel as the only defensive players to catch a touchdown from Tom Brady. Fun fact, Vrabel had 10 reception touchdowns, including playoffs, throughout his career. 10 reception touchdowns for a linebacker. That's good. That's <laughs> fucked. Okay, our 2019 stat leaders, passing yards, Jameis Winston had 5,102. Rushing yards, Derrick Henry had 1,540. Receiving yards, Michael Thomas, 1,725. Crazy. Sacks, Shaquille Barrett won that this year, 19.5. Tackles, Bobby Wagner had 159. Total touchdowns was a tie between Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey at 19. Lamar had the most passing touchdowns. Uh, Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones had the most rushing touchdowns. Receiving touchdowns belonged to Kenny Galladay. Solo tackles, Buda Baker in Arizona had the most. And interceptions was a tie between Harris, Gilmore, and Tredavious White. And fumbles forced was a tie between TJ Watt and Chandler Jones. And since we are closing the decade, let's talk about major stat leaders this decade. 
This decade, Drew Brees led the league with 46,640 passing yards. Rushing yards belongs to LaShawn McCoy, who rushed for 10,434. Receiving yards belongs to Julio Jones with 12,125. Touchdowns scored this decade belongs to LaShawn McCoy with 85. The most tackles this decade, Luke Keekley with 1,095. Sacks belongs to Von Miller, who had 106. And the most interceptions this past decade belongs to Richard Sherman with 35. Marty's Milestone. Wide receiver edition. Larry Fitzgerald became the second player in NFL history with 17,000 receiving yards and the sixth player with 120 receiving touchdowns. To top it off by reaching 70 receptions and 750 receiving yards for the season, he got $500,000 in bonus incentives on his contract. Julio Jones is the fastest wide receiver since Jerry uh, uh, beating Jerry Rice uh, to 12,000 career receiving yards. It took Julio 125 games. It took Jerry Rice 142. It was, in fact, his sixth straight season of 1,200-plus reception yards. Give it to him. And we got to talk about Mike Thomas. What a season he had. Can't guard Mike. Had Can't one of the greatest Mike. receiving seasons of all time. <laughs> Number one in reception yards, number one in first downs, number one in targets, number one in catch percentage, number two in reception touchdowns for wide receivers, nine games with 10-plus catches. He broke Marvin Harrison's single-season catch record of 144, and he also broke Antonio Brown's NFL record for receptions in a two-year span, which was 265 from 2014 to 2015. Michael Thomas this season now has... More catches with 145 than all Broncos, Colts, Eagles, Raiders, Ravens, and Vikings wide receivers. More receiving yards at 1,688 than all Eagles, Raiders, and Ravens wide receivers. And more receiving touchdowns at 9 than all Chargers wide receivers combined. Most receptions in their first five years of their career. Jarvis Landry leads it at 581. Michael Thomas is in second at 466. Larry Fitzgerald, 426. Torrey Holt, 423. A.J. Green, 415. Julio, 414. Randy Moss, 414. But Thomas has done that in only four years. Yeah. So on the four-game list, he is literally 40 catches short of Landry, and he's had one less season to do it. Hmm. Yeah. And those were the dank stats. <laughs> and and the milestones, baby. Yeah, that's true. Oh fuck. Well, what are we hitting next? Did you get a grinder this week? You know, it's a it's a late season grinder. Okay. It's a guy, you know, and and sometimes when things are going a little tough on the patch, you know, you uh, come down, you got to get another job. And, and you come back for the grinder, right? Because I thought last week was going to be the last week of the grinder. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's a new year. It's yeah, you never know when this kind of shift needs to be put in, You right? never know. I mean, pipeline, no days off, man. Monday and Sunday. <laughs> fucking every day on the pipeline, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. And this this grinder is, is your boy. Okay. Mr. Julio Jones. Because in week 16, he tore it up uh-huh. versus Jacksonville. 166 yards, no tutty. 
He's a machine, man. I gotta give it to him. He's a yards guy. Yeah, big exactly. Big yards guy. Big yards guy. Not your so, kind of guy. Not my kind of guy. That's I'm right. a tutty guy, but gotta give it to him. Exactly. And he brings it every week. Never complains. He knows what needs to be done. He's always working. Hear the news? Oh. Huey Lewis in the oh, news. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Huey Lewis in the news. Oh, man. <coughs> well, happiest part of the pod, I think. It's the Fearless oh. and the Tank Cast. We're done. I We're know, done. Man. We're we done. cannot make our, wor- our records any worse. We're done. I um, can't wait. Thank God. I'm man. so stoked Fuck. that this is done. Hopefully well, never to return again. No, we got to bring it back. Um, Fresh record, though. Clean slate. <laughs> um, Future disappointment. Yeah. For week 16, I came in at 5 and 21. Yeah. A little bit rough. <laughs> A little um, bit. I went with uh, wide receiver Cortland Sutton versus Detroit. Um, I predicted he would have 112 yards through the air and one touchdown. Sadly, just like the rest of my season has gone, he did not. (laughs) He had 10 targets, 41 receiving yards uh, for 4.1 points. That's a loss, obviously. (laughs) But I'm ending the year on a high note, Maddie, And I (laughs) got a motherfucking win. (laughs) Gotta celebrate him. There's so few far between. (laughs) And it's a guy we talked about earlier, Marlon Mack. 16 rush attempts, or I'm sorry, I predicted he would have 92 yards on the ground and one tutty. He had 95 yards on the ground, one rush tutty, two receiving, uh, two receptions and six yards. Is that a win? Yeah, that's That's a win. two for two, baby. <laughs> Sometimes you got to go small to get back up Two there, for right? two. Right? So where does that bring you? Ultimate oh. year record. Oh, I'll, my ultimate year record is uh, 6-22. and 6-22. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, not that bad, right? That's the way she goes. way she goes. That's How do you sure. do? Uh, well, last week I picked at quarterback. I went with uh, our boy Jared Goff. Uh, I thought Jared would throw Gerard. for less than 220. <laughs> Have two picks and one touchdown. Shockingly, I was incorrect. I know. <laughs> yeah, in every single category. Uh, he threw for more yards, 323. He only had one pick instead of two, I thought. And he had two touchdowns instead of the one, I thought. Just completely and utterly wrong. Simply continues the trend of this segment over the past few weeks. But at tight end, I predicted that Jackie Doyle against the Carolina Panthers would have a tough week. 30 yards, no touchdowns. And finally, this position brought some joy to my life <laughs> because, oh, how did old Jackie Doyle do? <laughs> Terrible week. Two catches, 17 yards, no scores. What a beauty. Helps me nail my prediction on the final week. And lets me walk away from the tank cast 
with a little bit more pep in my step than probably uh, I normally would. Hmm. My final year record sits at uh, not great. <laughs> not as bad as you, though. Uh, what was it? 11 and uh, 12 and 15. It's my final year record. Yeah. yeah. I'm a college man. I won't need my high school diploma anymore. I am too smart. I am too smart. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. <laughs> oh, oh shit. I'm so happy that the fucking tank it's done, is done. Man. It's done. Yeah. Yeah, well... Things come to a close, you know. Thank God. <laughs> uh, buds and duds. Buds and duds, man. Last edition. Let's um, do it. I mean, we could probably do a playoff buds and duds. Yeah, I'm sure we could. Yeah. yeah. Overall. Yeah. Yeah. That's It'll pretty... be from two, the two teams that make the finals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, you know, a guy had a really good good game. Yeah, Whatever. true. Yeah. Um, this, well, this, I went for week 16. Yeah, so uh, did I. For championship weekend. So, at quarterback, I got my boy, Danny Dimes versus Washington. Um, unreal game. 350 yards through the air. Five pass, Teddy. 12 rush yards. Almost 40 points. Um, anybody who kind of picked him up off the wire and maybe fucking started him probably had a pretty good run at the championship. I could have started Danny Dimes in the Flyers League and won. But, I didn't. <laughs> um... Wide receiver Tyler Boyd finally having the week, you know, owners needed him to have, right? Because he was, a you know, kind of a must-start kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, 15 targets, 9 receptions, 128 yards, 2 receiving tutties, uh, 28 points. Running back, Saquon Barkley, too little too late, my friend, um, versus Washington. But he had 24 rush attempts, which is what you got to be giving that guy the ball. Yeah, you got to feed him. He has to be getting the ball twenty. He's got to get twenty five to twenty seven touches a game. Saquon really showed something in the last two weeks. Yeah, before exactly. the season ended. Um, one hundred and twelve yards, two rush tutty, four receptions, thirty one receiving yards, um, thirty eight point nine points. Tight end. This one I didn't go straight up guy who had the most fantasy points, but I just figured we had to get him on the pod one more time, and it's Mike Jacecki. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he say he was from? Hoboken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, from Secaucus or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Micah Jacecki, tight end for uh, obviously the Miami. Yeah, Miami for Cincy. 12 targets, six, six receptions, 82 yards, two tutties. Uh, give it to him. Probably stopped at Bada Bing after, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How thick is the gold chain he plays with? <laughs> oh, man. It's got to be thick, for sure. Look at your shit. Look at shit. I dig that. Okay, well, it does. At quarterback, I had to go Chris Kirk Cousins against Green Bay in a game that not only did his fantasy owners need him, but his actual team needed him, too. <laughs> he didn't show up. He didn't play big. Um, he completed 16 passes. 122 yards, threw for one touchdown, but also had a pick, 7.8 points. Yeah, didn't. <clears throat> you know, and now Minnesota's got a date with New Orleans. Tough break. Tough break. At wide receiver, Amari Cooper against the Philadelphia Eagles. Amari, Amari Cooper is a modern-day Houdini. Now you see him. 
Now you don't. In a massive game for the boys, Cooper was locked down. He was only able to muster four catches on 12 targets. 24 yards on four targets. No scores. 2.4 fantasy points. Thanks for coming. Yeah. (laughs) Running back, Nick Chubb against the Baltimore Ravens. After going buck in week four against the Ravens and putting up 40 points on them, he was not able to replicate that in week 16. Held to just 45 yards total, he put up a paltry 4.5 fantasy points for owners. And at tight end, feel-good story at this position, Darren the Baller Waller against the Los Angeles Chargers. He got all four of his targets, but unfortunately it was for only 37 yards, no scores. He ended the day with 3.7 fantasy points, his lowest output all season. Yeah, tough one. Tough one, Ferda. Ferda. All right. Well, we got to the last. We're getting close to the end here. We're going to talk about the leagues and, you know, the playoff results. I don't think we need to go through the scores. No. No. It's been long enough. Yeah, we'll just... <laughs> no one fucking cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just quickly run through, what, first and tenth, I guess? Yeah, well, we'll just recap for those who aren't sure. Uh, the champion were the Valley View Vices. The Gregor Bowl champions were the Rundle Hardhats. Uh, draft order we could go through. Uh, with the first overall pick, we have Shane. Second pick belongs to Stu. Third, Kellen. Fourth, Andrew. Fifth, John. And sixth, Gord. Seventh belongs to Scott. Feldy gets eighth. Chris gets ninth. Matt gets tenth. Nigel gets eleventh. And Johnny gets the last pick at twelve. League records this season that were set were pretty interesting. The smallest margin of victory all time happened this year with a mass, with an insane number. The Eastlake Scoundrels beat the Downtown Degenerates in Week 7 this season by a score of 0.04 points. I don't think we'll ever see a game closer. Oh, that is... 0.04? That's wild. Goddamn scoundrels. (laughs) (laughs) Snuck that one. Jesus Christ. Most defensive points in a single week all time happened this season as well. Again, at the expense of the Downtown Degenerates. The Vices put up 37 points by their defense in week two this season against the Degens. In fact, the Vices tied for the most wins in a season with 12 and tied for the longest winning streak at seven. Hardest strength of schedule belonged to the Cowtown Killers, whose opponents averaged 112.62 points. The easiest strength of schedule belonged to the Strathcona Coronas, whose opponents average 95.24 points. In the Triple F, champion, Johnny Schmiller. Loser Bowl champion, Grosvenor Gluttons. That draft order sits as the following. In with the first overall pick is Chris Robinson. Second is Matt. Third is Drew. Fourth is John McDaniel. Fifth belongs to the Dribble Bros. Sixth belongs to Peyton. Seventh, Stu and Neil. Eight, Robbie. Nine, Tony and Chris. Ten, Kessel. Eleven, Gord. And in twelfth is Johnny again. Now, this, it was the inaugural season of the Triple F. It was. So, a lot of records were set because we'd never existed before. But a couple to make note of. Largest margin of victory happened 
in week 11, the Grosvenor Gluttons beat the Dribble Bros by 71.6 points. <laughs> wow. Still came in last. <laughs> Didn't beat him when it mattered. No, did not. <coughs> and the smallest margin of victory was the Banyas beating their mentors, me, <laughs> the Old Town Tokes, <laughs> by 0.22 points in week 11. That's tight, too. And those right? are some no- There are a lot of notable records. I encourage, if you're able to look at the league uh, from a laptop or a desktop computer, <laughs> I, you can access the record books. Pretty interesting numbers. In yeah, there, they're pretty good. If you want to poke around. Yeah. And those were the leagues. That was it, man. Yeah. Well, Punishments handed out. Champion. Double, double champ. Yeah, double champ. Good for Johnny. Yeah. Uh, um, we should also make note, it's the the N40L has existed for five seasons now. Every year has had a different champ. Different guy. Which is great. Okay. Great for Yeah, parody. Mm-hmm. Parody. Well. Story time. Oh, I think that's it. Yeah. I don't even really know what I got for story time. It's getting a little <laughs> tough, man. I've told all my good stories. You've lived a full life, though. <laughs> full life, yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to share what you did on New Year's? Oh, New Year's was good, man. New Year's was good. Just went to the hockey game. Went to uh, went to my homie Sean's after. I was actually it was actually relatively tame. Really? Yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, wasn't like the time when I had the intruder on New Year's, right? <laughs> yeah. I think I've told that story <laughs> on here already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you just took it easy, eh? Well, yeah. Chill. Take it easy. For, Don't like to make a big deal about it. Stayed home, made dinner. It's quite nice. Mm-hmm. In bed before midnight. Smoked <laughs> little city lights, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, smoked a lot of city lights, and then <laughs> uh, yeah, went to bed early. It was real nice. Yeah. Well. Um. Any resolutions? I guess I got to learn how to play the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> So that's one. Um, you know what? I have a ukulele. Ooh, that would be good. A little tiny Tim action on the yeah, corner. like would that be easier to play? Tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> so I don't know. Can I substitute that? Maybe. Oh, you'll have to talk to the Grand Pooba. We'll see. I don't have any resolutions. I haven't even thought about it. No, but I mean, actually, read more books. I want to read more. Well, you read lots every uh, <laughs> read Thursday them. afternoon when we're prepping for the pod. Yeah, I read lots of stats, but it'd be nice <laughs> to read something else. Yeah, nice. It'd be nice to know something other than people's numbers. That hey, they man, wear. words are words, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The um, kid don't read good. <laughs> <laughs> the kid don't read good. Shit. Oh man. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, enjoy the NFL playoffs, everyone. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. Exactly. Thanks again to Johnny for coming on. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll catch you after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy. Peace. See, I gave you faith, turned your doubt into hope. 
can't deny it Now I'm all alone and my joys turn them open Tell me, where are you now that I need you? Where are you now? Where are you now that I need you? Couldn't find you anywhere When you broke down I didn't leave you I was by your side So where are you now that I need you? Where are you now that I need you? Everybody else was playing That's for sure That's for sure 